Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League draft. And with the first round pick, John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Dan Marino, Bruno. NFL draft. And with the first round pick, Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL draft. Good young players with the draft all about. Here in and you're out. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Aaron Rodgers. Welcome back to the NFL Draft. I've never seen anything like this. Welcome back to the Heater Podcast as we wrap up our NFL Draft coverage. Uh, as we now are a week past the NFL Draft, a uh, chance to... Uh, Uh, All the hot takes have uh, taken place during uh, this past uh, week. Uh, Grades have been uh, sent out by every uh, national pundit that there is. Uh, And uh, a chance to digest a little bit more a week later to figure out, do you like what your team did? Uh, Things that you've done the research. You go on Twitter, you'll find people that do their player profiles and a little bit of uh, uh, college analysis and see uh, overall things that maybe had more question marks to them or scratching your head. Do you like it now a week later? We're going to dive into every team from the NFL draft. We're going to look at from the first round, go in order of the first round, and then give our overall assessment, not only of that pick, but of their overall draft. Uh, With me is Corey Peeper, and we are brought to you by River Creek Popcorn for all your snacking needs for baseball games and movies of choice and the NFL draft coverage. Come hungry, leave happy. Uh, It has been a uh, better selection, uh, better opportunity out at the – uh, the popcorn wagon versus what some teams did here this week. Yeah, that's that's true. There's there's some good choices made this week. There's some poor choices made in this last week, but the popcorn was always tasting good. And people are coming out. It's getting nice out in Wisconsin. Spring is here, and it's actually when we did this last week. It looked like we were going to skip spring because it was getting really hot, but spring's here, and it, it's it's nice. Like you said, you call it. Hoodie weather, weather, right? Yeah. Like pleasant this, right now. The spring and fall, what I love the most about it is it's still going to warm up nice. The sunshine is going to be out there, but I love I love hoodie weather yet. It gives a chance just to enjoy a little bit of the cool off at, at night or early morning, a little bit of briskness to, to wake you up. or uh, Get that morning coffee in, but in the summer yeah. when you get that morning coffee, it just gets you hot because yeah, it's doesn't... already 75 around here. Oh, well. I don't know. I, I liked it now, and the popcorn wagon, it's booming. Uh, I was pretty busy the last couple of weeks, which is good. Well, let's see what you like about the uh, NFL draft as we uh, take a look first at the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, they kicked us off with the the obvious pick, and I guess a brief assessment before we dive into the, the Jags. You could tell that the this is the first time now it's been two years, essentially, from having a draft coverage live. And you could tell that ESPN, you could tell the NFL organization, they were not ready for this. There was a lot of kinks to start out this this process, and to be fair, when it's been that long away for such a massive production, that's hard to do. I'll give them that. But man, we're is getting antsy. Uh, by the, it seems like they're almost a pick behind uh, with yeah. everything. Like you have to be stop the cutesy again. When you're first time back, go for singles and doubles. You don't need to try to hit the home run to give you the baseball analysis there. But Roger Goodell's cheer was there from his <laughs> okay, basement. I did appreciate that. I did appreciate the random uh, homage to the previous year. I do I, like that. I turned off. We, I was. We watched the first round together, and I didn't watch Twitter. I didn't want to look at Twitter. I didn't want to know what the pick was in advance. I like the idea of still being surprised. Sometimes I love Twitter. Right, it's fun. You can check and you can get a bunch of up to date news. But sometimes it's good to just be surprised, like ten years ago. See it. See the pick live. 
Well, one thing that wasn't a surprise was the Jacksonville Jaguars pick of Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence, excuse me, and the uh, pick that everyone knew was coming. Uh, but again, nice for the, the Jaguars to have, again, what the draft sells is hope. And when you have the first overall pick, that's the most hope uh, currency you're going to find. And Jacksonville now has their franchise quarterback. Uh, what about their overall draft that you like or not like? Okay, let's just go pick by pick here quick. So first off, you said they mentioned they, you mentioned they took Trevor Lawrence. They had a second first-round pick. I think that's the Jalen Ramsey pick. They took Travis Etienne. We'll get to him in a second, keeping that Clemson connection. First pick of the second round, Tyson Campbell, the corner from Georgia. Then Walker Little, a tackle from Stanford, where we'll get to him in a minute. First pick of the third round was Andre Sisco. Then Jay Tufele, who if you go back to our prospect preview, I had in my top five defensive tackles. Yeah. Jordan Smith, Luke Farrell, and Jalen Camp are a couple of a tight end, a wide receiver, and a defensive end. So... Trevor Lawrence, you're right. That has to be the pick. They didn't mess up the tank like the Jets did. They got their choice. He's going to start day one for them, and I think he'll be very good. The The Jets just got gased. What can you say? <laughs> we got to talk Travis Etienne here. I know that he said he wanted speed. Uh, Urban Meyer, right, new coach, said he wants speed, and Etienne offers that in abundance, but then the very next day they came out and said he's going to be our third down back. Okay, so James Robinson came out of nowhere, undrafted rookie last year, I think he had thousand yard rusher like last twelve hundred yards or something yep. like that. I think he was only behind Jonathan Taylor for rookie running backs. But I heard someone on I think it was a podcast I listened to, maybe it was an article I read, say so the Urban Meyer has been to Florida and Ohio State, right? He wants blue chip five star prospects. James Robinson was an undrafted rookie out of Illinois State. Travis Etienne is a five star prospect who has been one of the most productive rushers in college football history at Clemson. I know a team in South Florida that would be more than happy to take James Robinson off their hands. Or even, like, they signed Carlos Hyde this offseason, too. So I get they want speed, but you have bigger needs. And if you're truly going to use Travis Etienne as a third down, he could be effective in that, right? If he's not your back, why are you drafting him in the first round? Too many, and I know they said they wanted Kadarius Toney, and that's what we mocked to him, but he got picked a little earlier. So, yes, you want speed. It's not a big need. It, It wasn't a big need. I think Travis Etienne could be good, but it wouldn't have been the pick I made. Uh, I thought their best pick was probably Andre Sisco. That's their safety they got in the fourth round. In 2018, you could make the argument, actually, and 2019, he was the most impactful country in the safety, or impactful safety in the country. He led the nation with 12 picks, and then he missed most of last season with a torn ACL, but he should be back early in camp. He, he His problem has always been he takes a lot of chances. That's how you make a lot of those picks. So if you can refine his technique a little bit and get him to truly play like deep safety and not give up the big plays, I think that's great. Now, the really questionable pick here, if you ask me, is Walker Little in the second round. It, Walker Little was, if he wasn't the top-rated offensive prospect in the country or offensive tackle prospect as a recruit, he was really high on that list. Five-star pedigree, great player. But <laughs> the early part of the second round is where they took him, and that's a big ask for a guy who we've really seen have one season of college football. So 2018, he was very good. Now, 2018, that is a long time ago because he tires his ACL first game in 2019. And then he opted out last season. So we have seen him play one game in two seasons. And that is a huge projection for a guy that you just put took in the top 50 when Tevin Jenkins is just sitting there, who you could have taken at 25 and nobody bats an eye because that's how good of a player I think Tevin Jenkins is. So... I'll say this. They didn't mess up the most important pick of the draft. They didn't mess that up. So yeah, they're going to get a good grade just on that. But there are some questionable decisions early on. It, it definitely could have been better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's the, when you had, again, 
two first round picks, two second round picks. Like this is when you need to clean up, especially when you're uh, bereft of talent the way Jacksonville is. These are the picks you need to hit on in order to speed up your rebuild. Now, again, if nothing speeds it up quicker than a franchise quarterback, but nothing derails a franchise quarterback uh, uh, prospect faster than like having offensive line issues or having a team that's totally dysfunctional. Uh, having three running backs doesn't help you as much as having like a stable offensive line. Uh, again, Tevin Jenkins, Tevin Jenkins is definitely a, uh, the fit there. Um, Let's move to a team that picked yeah. two that did get some offensive line help for their guys. So before the draft, I don't remember if we did the podcast after they traded Sam Darnold or before they traded Sam Darnold, but the Jets picked second, and we didn't know for sure. We thought they were all going to take Zach Wilson, but Sam Darnold was still there. And then they traded him right before the draft for, I think, a fourth-round pick. Uh, I'm not really sure. That might have been fifth. And they did take Sam Darnold. Or <laughs> Now I'm going to confuse it. They took Zach Wilson, which has been the pick all along. We sort of thought that or heard that, that that's who they loved, and it wouldn't have been who I picked. But I think Zach Wilson can be good. It just takes some coaching. So Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of BYU, then they made a move to trade back up to get to pick 14, where they took Elijah Vera Tucker, who I think is the best guard in this class. And if you remember last year, they took Makai Becton, who I think is going to be a great offensive tackle. So Zach Wilson should have a good offensive line to start with, and a young one. Early on in the second round, they took Elijah Moore, good wide receiver out of Ole Miss. Michael Carter was in the fourth round. They didn't have a third-round pick. He's a running back. We also mentioned, if you go back to our prospect preview, as being a top-five running back in this class. And in case you didn't get enough of Michael Carter, <laughs> you can get Michael Carter the second. Yeah, they drafted Michael Carter the second out of Duke in the fifth round, along with Jamie and Sherwood, who are two safeties. Jason Pinnock, Hamza Najaldeen, we'll get to him in a second, in the sixth round, along with Brandon Eccles and Jonathan Marshall, who is a corner and a defensive tackle. So, I said, you didn't mess up Zach Wilson. It's the not the one I would have chosen, but coaching should help. He should start right away now. Elijah Vera Tucker. So you traded two top 100 prospects to move up for the O-line. So you, you got to love him, and I think they do. And he, what you're going to notice out of a lot of these O-linemen is, like, versatility. They can play all over. Vera Tucker's played left tackle at USC, which is, you know, you're going up against next – we can talk at the very end about some guys for next year. And Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be the Chase Young next year. He plays defensive end at Oregon, and he's really good. And Elijah Vera Tucker looks really good against him on film. So This is your classic plug-and-play. Yep. Yep. Uh, fit and again against to uh, Makai Becton to be able to uh, slot now uh, Vera Tucker Tucker in at left guard put those two together those are some nice building blocks that you have there and, and here's the difference between the Jaguars and the Jets as far as you you want speed right here's how you take care of speed first you draft a a slot receiver who's going to give you that shiftiness and that speed uh, there with with more now if you want speed at running back you can go Michael Carter in the fourth round. For someone who's also a receiving threat, someone who's got the capability there. No, he's not going to be a lead back, but for Jacksonville, for example, you already have a lead back. Your complimentary back you could have gotten in the fourth round and been a very good complement to that. The Jets did that. Uh, I, I loved their draft uh, overall, especially if you, if you are buying uh, Zach Wilson. If he's as good as you think he is, you got him protection, you got him weapons. Uh, in addition to what you were doing in the... Uh, uh, in the free agency and overall the rest of the, the building there. So I, I love what they did here overall, uh, not as a Dolphins fan, uh, but definitely for my uh, 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 good friend who's a Jets fan. There's a lot of optimism yeah. or reason for optimism sure. in New York. Yeah, I like the Jets draft too. I, I got to mention Hamza Nasraldine. It's probably my favorite day three fit for any pick and player. So he has size for safety that's really rare. And for a player that's size, he can also cover. Think Jamal Adams. We've seen the Jets have Jamal Adams, and he was really good. 
And I think there's a legit chance Hamza Najaldin could get to that level. Right now, he's just not consistent. But there's a lot of talent there if they're used correctly. You mentioned Elijah Moore. I like Elijah Moore. I don't want to say I don't like Elijah Moore. I, I had some criteria when I made my worst picks, and it was no picks out of the first three rounds. Because after that, you're just throwing dart throws anyways. So I have Elijah Moore down as the worst pick, only because they have Jamison Crowder, right? So they kind of had true. a slot receiver, and it's not that Elijah Moore is not big. Is a bad player. It's just you basically have the same player already, up. and you doubled up. So it, I would have taken someone bigger, like Terrace Marshall, who I think is more of an outside receiver. And I suppose I, I don't know what their uh, what Crowder's contract status is if he's a year away or anything like that, or if he's under long term. You know, sure you notice that a lot when you uh, the more drafts that you cover, you notice replacements are are picked up the year ahead of time, right? Mm-hmm. You see that a lot. I don't know if that's the case with Crowder or not. Otherwise, two slot receivers. I don't know what uh, what their overall offensive. Uh, uh, and so we have Mike Lafleur. Uh, yes, Matt Lafleur's brother. Yep, and so. Uh, West Coast, could you have more of these guys, interchangeable parts, moving them around? Uh, Maybe two slots uh, does work well there, but as far as value, I totally get what you're saying when you have other receivers that are sitting up there that might be a better fit overall uh, that complements the rest of your talent on the team. I do think of the rookie quarterbacks. Wilson is one who's in the position to be the most successful this year, including Trevor Lawrence. Just because he has more stuff around him, I I think that that Zach Wilson is the one who's got the best chance to be really good right away. I'm just hoping that the Jets' defense uh, just keeps everything Sucks. back. I'm, f- I'm fine with uh, a high-scoring uh, uh, things, and uh, so there's the, the Miami bias coming out. Well, let's take a look at the number three uh, overall here as we move to where the, the draft fund began a month before the draft even happened. Uh, that's where the biggest draft trade takes place. The San Francisco 49ers move up to the number three pick, and it is... Uh, Props to them for keeping it a mystery up until probably like a couple hours beforehand, like maybe the day leading up to, you had more certainty or people feeling more certain about what, what direction they were going to go. But if they just wanted to have fun with the media and uh, uh, have fun with Mac Jones, uh, they kept everyone guessing up until the day. Did you see a couple days before when they asked Kyle Shanahan who the pick was? Basically, they asked him who the pick was going to be, and he's like, well, I don't know if we're all going to be alive on Saturday. Yeah, hey, hey, we're, we're here. <laughs> like existential we're, getting we're, into it, right? We made we're it. We're here. Congrats. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so in the in the third pick, we all thought it was going to be Mac Jones. Actually, Dan in our mock draft had it as Justin Fields, which is probably who I would have taken, but they picked Trey Lance. Um, I love Trey Lance, and this is a team that could make a jump really quick. I don't. Th- we'll talk about Trey Lance in a second here. But so Trey Lance went first, then Aaron Banks, who's a guard out of Notre Dame, Trey Sermon, the running back from Ohio State, Ambry Thomas, the cornerback out of Michigan, Jalen Moore, another guard, Western Michigan, Demondoir Lenoir, a corner out of Oregon, Tal- Talanoa Hufanga, who I also mentioned as a top five safety uh, back in our previews out of USC in the fifth, and Elijah Mitchell out of the sixth from Louisiana. So I said, I think this team can go in a hurry. We've only seen them. It was two years ago. They were in the Super Bowl, right? And then last year they were not very good. Trey Lance is a better selection than Mac Jones. He's actually a perfect fit for Kyle Shanahan's scheme with his ability to move and make really smart decisions. If you go back and listen to that preview, I talk about he's calling out line protections at Notre Dame or at Notre Dame at North Dakota state. Like they asked him to do everything and he was very good at it. So he probably sits. I know they've said they want to sit him a year. If this team starts off like depends how the year goes four and two, three and three, like I could, it seems like a Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith thing, right? Where mm, agreed, you could totally see Trey Lance playing down the stretch. If this team's trying to win games and it's not a slight on Jimmy Grapple. I think Jimmy Grapple is actually pretty good, but you draft a Trey Lance for this reason to take him to play him at some point. Well, we also know Jimmy Garoppolo is very injury prone. 
Uh, and so uh, it's you can have plans all you want, but with an injury-prone quarterback, eventually something's going to happen. And then the question becomes, how quickly does this move from a uh, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes to a Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady, as far as when a guy gets hurt, uh, you're in stepping up. It's your job, and all that's gone. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. What I will say is a very classic draft from the 49ers as far as they like their big old lines and they like to do the running game. What are the address in rounds two and three? Aaron Banks, uh, the big guard, uh, he's going to help in the, the running game. He's one of my favorite guards in this draft. Uh, and then Trey Sermon, uh, again, not flashy. Uh, but he is going to help overall uh, with what they already have uh, in tow. Uh, I like overall it establishes an offensive identity while you wait for your franchise quarterback to take over. Trey Sermon is who I have down as my best pick for the Niners. It's a perfect fit, one-cut scheme. If you watched him at Ohio State or Oklahoma, the one thing we have never seen with Trey Sermon necessarily is not that there's not there's just big gaps at Oklahoma and Ohio State because they have such good talent around him. So he's going to have to get used to running through a little bit tighter quarters. But uh, I love the fit. The only thing is I, I love Banks, but you can question the again you you have a zone blocking scheme with a, a more of a big mauling guard yep. uh, who's not going to be more athletically inclined. So the fit is a question there overall. We'll see what they do with that scheme. I had the worst pick as Ambry Thomas. He's a reach. Uh, I get why they took him. They took him at the end of the third round. I thought it was more of a day three pick, but they didn't have a fourth round pick. So they didn't have a pick again until the fifth round. So they filled a need, right? He's, he's got a lot of the physical tools. I kind of hope the Packers might take him at some point in like the mm-hmm. later picks because there's a lot of physical tools there, and we'll get to them later on as they love their physical tools. But he hasn't put it all together yet, but they reached to fill a need because they didn't have a fourth round pick. Well, let's take a look at... Uh, uh, at the team l- that broke your heart. Yeah, but but... I knew it was going to break. Uh, that, that was pretty much the, there's, unless they were in love with a quarterback, and the only reason why you take a quarterback at that level is you have to fall in love with someone, and they never did. Uh, you heard all the stuff. Their, their owner was all for it because you're hoping it's your last chance to be at that level. Is there someone that you can uh, not just take to the dance? Who do you want to marry? And they didn't find anyone that they wanted to take to the altar. Uh, so at this point, they went with the, if, if you are sticking with Matt Ryan, load up that offense as far as best fit in the entire draft I love this as much as I wanted to see Kyle Pitts in a Miami uniform you have Julio Jones you have Calvin Ridley now you have Kyle Pitts uh they have a chance again we know offense wins games in the NFL there's no reason why if Matt Ryan is healthy there's absolutely no reason why this isn't a major playoff contender next year defense can obviously let them down but with that many those types of big weapons, because you have the vertical threats on the outside. Now you have your seam buster here. I don't see how this isn't a top five offense in the NFL next year. Yeah, my first round, my note for Kyle Pitts just says, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Kyle Pitts should make one of the most explosive offenses in this game. Uh, after Kyle Pitts, in the second round, they took Richie Grant. And third round, they took Jalen Mayfield. I'll mention him in a second. Fourth round, they took Darren Hall, the corner out of San Diego State. Drew Dahlman is a guard out of center, uh, center out of Stanford, a pretty good one. And then... Five, round five, they had three picks. Take one, Graham, who's a defensive tackle out of Texas. Edit Teo Kumbo Ogundeje. I hope I said that right. I know, right? The defensive end out of Notre Dame. Avery Williams, a cornerback out of Boise State. We'll mention him in a minute. And then Frank Darby is a wide receiver out of Arizona State. It's a very good draft. Kyle Pitts is the right choice for them. I actually have down as my favorite pick. I didn't try to usually take the first round pick unless it was amazing. So I went with Jalen Mayfield. Super young. He's only 20 years old. And that's probably part of the reason he fell because it's not a lot of experience. He played tackle at Michigan, but he's likely a guard at the next level. I thought there was a good chance he would go in the top 40 just because of how 
big and like what you can project at his size. So to get him at the beginning of the third round, I thought was really good fit for them. The one that I didn't like is Darren Hall. It's, it's not a bad pick, but his body type really limits him. I think he's probably a slot only cornerback just because he's really short and they're going to draft. They drafted a better one of those in a few rounds. Avery Williams is a much better cornerback prospect in, to my mind than Darren Hall. And Avery Williams is one of the best special teams returners in the country. He had nine return touchdowns in his career. So I thought that was great. The one thing I'll say is not getting a running back is kind of weird. Uh, they have Mike Davis who they brought in and I'm not even sure who their backup is right now, but I thought they would draft a running back at some point. Sounds like someone else uh, that I know team not to be named. Uh, the, I, what I really want to know though, is which GM was on the NFL network uh, when it came to tight ends, uh, his comment uh, to them was, uh, I'm usually against drafting tight ends that high, but that MF is bad A. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that was the uh, quote here that's on NFL.com with the stuff within it of the what was said on the uh, NFL Network's, uh, to the NFL Network's Tom Pelissero. Uh, and uh, I'm very curious to know who that GM is. We never will know. But uh, one thing they also note is that for the, the Mayfield that you really like, uh, he, he bombed his athletic testing uh, overall with it. But uh, if Powers has moved, what they're expecting is move him inside. Uh, and then you could actually have a very effective uh, guard. Most guards are failed tackles. Uh, and when you have them with the right skill set, you can actually make Pro Bowl guards uh, that way. So I like the pick overall as far as the the project, but now it's a matter of scheme fit and how you use these guys, but I, I like their draft. Let's move to another offensive team, another team who, instead of going offensive line, went receiver, which you were the first person on that, and I commend you for that. You mentioned it months ago that you thought Jamar Chase would fit here, and the Bengals did that. They took Jamar Chase first overall. You have to trust if you're going to draft Jamar Chase that Joe Burrows, they're either going to get up some offensive line help later because you can't have Joe Burrow getting hurt again. And I'm not, this is not a slight on Jamar Chase. He has all the makings of an absolute alpha wide receiver in the NFL who can get open uh, against double coverage. Like that's what you expect of him. And you just hope you make your whole offense better. So after Chase in the second round, they took Jackson Carmen, uh, an offensive tackle out of Clemson. Third round, they took Joe Asai, a pass rusher out of Texas. And then they doubled up on pass rusher and went Cameron Sample out of Tulane. Tyler Shelvin is a big defensive tackle out of LSU. Dante Smith is an offensive tackle out of East Carolina. Evan McPherson is the first kicker in the draft. Did you happen to see the video of Evan McPherson kicking and hitting the bottle, the cap off of a bottle? Did you see that? I did not. That's it's nice. amazing. It's awesome. impressive. So Evan McPherson was the first kicker. Trey Hill is a center out of Georgia. Chris Evans is a running back who actually has got a lot of talent, but he missed a year because of academic stuff um, from Michigan. And then Wyatt Hubert is a defensive end out of Kansas State. And that's their draft. Um you thought your team might take Jamar Chase. Any thoughts? Uh, you know, with this one, I, it makes too much sense. As far as you're, you're trying to get your ceiling out of your uh, your star quarterback, your franchise quarterback, you linked him up to the guy who made him hugely successful at the college level. Uh, they help each other out. It's a ton of sense. I get not going offensive tackle there, but I don't get it uh, when they went with the yeah, they picked uh, Carmen, uh, offensive lineman, that way, but you still had on the board at that time, uh, you had Tevin Jenkins, you had Liam Eichenberg uh, on the on the board. I I don't... Uh, so Jackson I, Carmen is the guy who had done yeah. us the worst pick. Yeah. Uh, he is another one. He's, he's another one. Extremely highly regarded prospect. I remember he committed to Ohio State, and everybody was excited because he's from Ohio, but then he flipped to Clemson. Now, he played left tackle for Clemson, 
But everyone, including Zach Taylor, the coach of the Bengals, said they think he's going to play guard because he's very big, but he has, like, no balance at all. And guards are just not as valuable. So here's my thought. First round, you could have taken Panay Sewell and then drafted Terrace Marshall in the second round. Or you could – that's a better fit to me than Jamar Chase and Jackson Carmen. See, if you still wanted a guy at left tackle at that point, Tevin Jenkins is right tackle. We get that. I would have tried Liam Eikenberg at left tackle because he's so fundamentally like sound. Uh, which we'll talk about him in, in just a moment here, but the uh, that's one I would have at least rolled the dice to see because that here's someone who at least still has the overall talent or has the the fundamental skill set where he he good not great is probably the uh, where where he's at, but better than what you're trying right now with this it just it didn't make a lot of sense with uh, a major hole that was not was d- kind of disregarded with, when the way the draft board felt like you were hoping, but again. Ma- well, maybe they see something everyone else doesn't, but usually when you're drafting this high, that answer is no. I'll say my best, my favorite pick in this draft for them was Tyler Shelvin in the fourth round. He's probably the best run anchor in this draft. He weighs 346 pounds. He has one and a half career sacks. He only played two years because he opted out last year, but he held his own in, at LSU. He's a big dude. Uh, maybe you get more out of him. Maybe you get him to be a little more of a pass rusher, but at worst, he's like your prototypical nose tackle who eats space and think like Vince Wilfork, right? Who long career? Who's just a big dude who can eat guys and let your linebackers flow? I don't know. I I was just kind of middling on the Bengals draft, I guess. Well, let's see what your uh, if it's a middling opinion as we move to the the next team and uh, uh, down in South Florida, Miami Dolphins, uh, who are the ones that shook up the draft with everything here and finally get they went down to twelve with the overall trade uh, with the 49ers, then immediately had the, the second deal lined up to move back up to six because there's uh, at least one player from the, the, that's there. They wanted to make sure they got one of the top six players on this team, and they factored at least two or three quarterbacks were going to be involved with this. Uh, and so there's one of a couple of players that they, they really wanted. And the question always was, is it Devontae Smith? Is it Jalen Waddell? Uh, is it, uh, you know, you, w- were they banking on Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase to fall, or what was their overall plan within it? Uh, so just looking at six overall, uh, what do you think of the the Dolphins choosing Jalen Waddle? Well, you put him next to Will Fuller, and you got two of the biggest threats in the NFL to score from anywhere on the field at the same time. So what you're hoping is your team is now unbelievably fast, right? You're hoping that they can get open down the field. Jalen, I've said Jalen Waddle can get open underneath. He can, he can operate out of the slot. He can operate. I think he can operate anywhere. Um, you just got to hope the ankle's healed. And I, from everything we hear, it's going to be fine. So I love the fit. I think it's great. And what, we do uh, have experience together even. What uh, one national uh, or a local reporter uh, noted in all this is that with Will Fuller, you added vertical speed. With uh, Jalen Waddle, you added horizontal speed. Not that he can't vertical, take the top yeah. off as well, but now you have enough to keep defenses honest. Uh, the, the This is one of the teams where the I had uh, – Three different things down here for for biggest questions or uh, needs not filled. Uh, not only did the Dolphins not take Najee Harris or uh, with it at eighteen, which again you can say that's too high for a running back. I, I can I get the argument. Najee Harris was was definitely a fit uh, here within it, but you knew you weren't going to get him later on. There's rumors that they were trying to trade back up into it, but that's so hard to do. Uh, but then you have that one. Then you also, on my bamboozled list, you have the Denver Broncos trading up one spot ahead of you uh, in the second round to take Javante uh, Williams. Those are the only two power backs that were worth drafting early on. Uh, but then they don't really dra- they don't draft anyone until the seventh round as far as running back goes. Well, they so, don't have any picks between rounds three and seven, right? So and they, they made a bunch yeah, of moves, so yeah. it ended up being 
five picks in the first three rounds and two picks in round seven? In the third round, you could have gone Michael Carter, though, if, if you were looking for, for something there. I, my question is, are you buying Miles Gaskin as RB1? He was on pace up until the last couple of weeks. Uh, he was averaging over 90 yards uh, per game in uh, offensive yards from running and uh, receiving. He was in the he was in the running for top five as far as as far as most yardage from an offensive player. You buying them sticking with that as there, or did they get bamboozled with Denver at Javante Williams at two? I think they would have taken Javante Williams. Like I think they absolutely would have taken Javante Williams if he would have been there. But I actually don't mind Miles Gaskin. I think he's okay. Um, if I'm a Dolphins fan, I wanted Javante Williams just for more depth. For because we depth, saw what depth happened. Is like key. Miles is Gaskin 100% is key. He dropped in the draft three years ago because he had a major knee injury. And I, if I'm not mistaken, he got hurt two years ago. Is that right? But, and I don't right. even know. Who is their backup? Uh, let's see. There's Savan Ahmed, yeah. uh, who at least had some some flashes there. Uh, now, they, they drafted the the short yardage. or yeah, not They drafted, drafted Garrett Dokes at the end. And then the short yardage free agent pickup from the, the Rams, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm Brown. Brown. Uh, who's at least your, your goal line, your third, fourth, and one type of thing. And, and again, maybe you think he can do a little bit more. They are definitely of the New England mindset of running back by committee, but you still need running backs, plural, in order to have the committee, uh, which is the, the biggest question there. But uh, the biggest case that Brian Flores made out of this was when you add vertical speed and horizontal speed, you add uh, Waddle and Fuller to the, to the, uh, the starting lineup, you're, you can't have single high safety. Uh, so it's going to pull a safety out of it. Uh, you're improving your running game by improving your speed and changing what the defense can do. Because if someone does try to bring it down, then you can go vertical on them. Uh, with one of the better, uh, Trent Dilfer called uh, Tua, one of the best four verts uh, uh, quarterbacks he's ever seen. I want to see it this year. No Changeli offense. Let no him throw excuses. It. That's right. where we're at now. Tua's had a full year of healthy. Hopefully his, uh, he comes back with a full offseason regimen, a chance to get his arm strength, everything up to speed. He's got the weapons. You have, If we look at the rest of it, Hunter Long. I actually like that pick overall with it. As far as the two tight end setup with, uh, uh, with Gasicki, uh, here's uh, Long can actually block and play action passing. He reminds me of Anthony Fasano. Uh, mm-hmm. As far That's as someone fit. who's uh, just a solid middle tier tight end, who especially in the play action and then also in the uh, red zone, he's someone that I, I like overall that way. Uh, Brian Flores, you could tell he he doesn't hide his emotions with his uh, his defensive guys. When he gets the guy he wanted, you remember last year as Raquan Davis, mm-hmm. he was pounding the table when when they got him. He was doing the same thing with Javon Holland, uh, and he now cut his one of his team captains, Brian McCann. Brian McCain, uh, uh, as a result uh, of it. Uh, thoughts on Holland? I'd have taken Trayvon Merrig. I would over That's the other party. The, the top safeties were on the board, and so he takes Holland over Merrig. Okay, so their draft goes Jalen Waddell, Jalen Phillips, Javon Holland, Liam Eikenberg, Hunter Long, and then in the seventh round, Larnell Coleman and Garrett Dokes. I would have taken Trayvon Merrig instead of Javon Holland just because if you watch him on tape, it's Trayvon Merrig looks – Way better than, like, Richie Grant also went in front of him, and Trayvon Morgan was much better than both those guys. Uh, Javon Holland's a little bigger, uh, I guess, if, you, if you're going off that. The, the one that I, I don't get is the Jalen Phillips pick, just because there's so many concerns about his health, and he's said that he's, he's more interested in, in having a rap career. He's, he's said music is what interests him. He went from USC to the University of Miami to for the music program, and... He said, even in and all the upset, like all the pre-draft things, he said, I really care about my rapping career someday, and 
more power to you. You want to do that. That's fine. This is a guy who had to retire a couple of years ago because he had so many concussions. And then he just said, you know, maybe I can try it again. And Miami let him play. But over Quiddy Pay and Jason slash Odefi Owe, who switched his name, uh, it's just, it's a big ask. It is definitely a, what, what the Dolphins went for in this draft was high ceiling. Yep. They, There's a ton of upside. They, sure. You had, uh, with the extra picks, and, and normally it's the ultra-conservative Chris Greer. Now, he'll make a lot of trades, but he's usually conservative in his picks. This was definitely different for him of not swinging for doubles. He was going for home runs. And so that there's a lot of risk involved with that, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Jalen Phillips has a massive ceiling. If yep. he is healthy, if the, if the concussions are past him, uh, on play alone, you're looking at a potential top-10 draft pick. You could, have, uh, you could get Jason Pierre-Paul pretty easily out of Jalen Phillips. If he's healthy... If he really cares. And I think he's in a good fit. I, I want to be wrong. Like, I want him to be good. I think it's a good fit. I do believe he's with the right coach, right everything with him. Staying in Miami, right? He's not even leaving. Miami, so it's, that's it's great. There. Um, and Liam Eichenberg, I, that's I my, moving on to him. That's my best pick of this team. I had, I said I wanted Eichenberg to go to the Packers at the end of the first round, perhaps. And I thought that he was really good. I think he's going to slide right into right tackle because they're moving Robert Hunt inside. So day one starter right there, I think, middle of the second round. Overall, I was very, very happy with their draft, as was most of the national media yep. uh, within that. Let's move on to uh, next uh, team here as we go to, uh, are we busting kneecaps? Is that we're where we're at now? Kneecaps All right, let's in bust Detroit. the kneecaps in Detroit. So Detroit, you were right. You called offensive line. We just had the wrong player. You, you, Panay Sewell was still there, and it was a no-brainer. And if you saw the video, their team, Dan Campbell and the GM, were very excited to get Panay Sewell, and I don't blame them. In the second round, they took Levey and Ruzawike, the defensive tackle out of Washington, and they double-tapped it and went right back to d- defensive tackle again with Aleem McNeil. In the third round, they had two picks. I love Ifietu Malafanwu. Fourth round, I said I love Amon Ross St. Brown, and this was their first receiver. Later in the fourth round, Derek Barnes, and then the seventh round, Jermar Jefferson, the running back out of Oregon State. So, like you said, busting kneecaps, and this is how you do it. You get linemen early. You, uh, this is a coach who believes in winning in the trenches, and also when you're rebuilding, you start in the trenches. You build the foundation. Uh, the Detroit Lions already had a solid offensive line. Overall, they might have a top-five offensive line uh, in the NFL with the addition of Penny Sewell. I love that pick. I also love uh, uh, their second tackle, Ali McNeil, more of a, a nose-tackle type, if I'm remembering that correctly from uh, notes uh, within him. Uh you added two very beefy guys on that defensive line. Overall, I, I'm curious to see, especially with this offensive line, I'm curious to see Jared Goff in a run-first offense. Uh, I think Jared Goff ultimately was a wrong fit for the West Coast, uh, Sean McVay style. It worked for a year. I, I, I'm curious to see him somewhere else to see, can he even just be a solid uh, quarterback? Can they still have some sort of uh, fit that, that works well with him? Uh, within it, but I, I like their. Uh, it fits Dan Campbell. It was a f- definitely a Dan Campbell draft. Yes, it was. He got his kneecap guys on both sides of the ball. I love the Amon Ross St. Brown pick. That's my favorite pick. And if you go back to our initial podcast, Adam is my top on a top five receiver. Then I think he can do everything well. He creates space. He catches the ball. He blocks as well as any receiver in this draft. He's the only knocks are he's got average size, speed, and strength. But he's a former top five overall recruit. And he was productive in high school. He's productive in college. And, yeah, maybe he doesn't measure amazing, but I think he can be productive at the NFL and start right away as they replace Kenny Galladay. I like the again, when you can get the lower picks to, to work out well and get high upside there, 
Uh, that's awesome to go with it. One last thought on, on McNeil, a 320-pound frame. The man played running back and middle linebacker in high school. Yes, he did. Uh, yep. One of the more, most athletic 320-pound nose tackles you'll find, and we'll see how well that translates to the NFL. Let's get to some defense. The first defensive player goes off the board at pick eight, and that is J.C. Horn. So I we had corner. We had Patrick Sertan, though, not J.C. Horn, and – J.C. Horn goes first, and second round, the Panthers take Terrace Marshall Jr. Third round, Brady Christensen. Also third round, Tommy Tremble, a tight end out of Notre Dame. Fourth round, Chuba Hubbard, running back out of Oklahoma State. Fifth round, Davion Nixon, big defensive tackle out of Iowa who can really pass rush. I think he won Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year last year. Also fifth round, Keith Taylor, cornerback, Washington. Deontay Brown, the massive 360-pound offensive guard from Alabama, roll tide. Uh, six, also, six round Shai Smith, wide receiver, South Carol or wide receiver from South Carolina. Then took a long snapper from Alabama, roll tide. Thomas Fletcher, and then Phil Hoskins is a defensive tackle from Kentucky in the last round. So, this is a team that went all defense last year, and this is my favorite draft. Uh, is my favorite draft. I think they got First, him. Tell me why J.C. Horn over Patrick Sertan. Because he's extremely toolsy with great tape. The only thing is he gets a little handsy, which leads to penalties. He can be a press corner. And I love Patrick Sertan, right? Once again, Alabama player. But you don't actually see Patrick Sertan have nearly the tape on it because they don't really throw it at him as much. And for two guys, like if J.C. Horn hadn't... loves his proven guys. Yeah. If J.C. Horn hadn't opted out last year, he just... You watch the tape and he's locking down Devonta Smith and he's locking down Jalen Waddell. And there's a lot of good receivers in the SEC. We can... I can mention some of them at the end that are going to be back this year. But J.C. Horn gets one-on-one against those guys and they don't beat him. I think it was... I saw a stat that he gave up seven yards to the Alabama receivers in his career. Can also play inside and outside. Yeah, yeah. really versatile. versatile. Yep. I love it. J.C. Horn's a great pick. Uh, the only question on this draft is always going to be, how does Sam Darnold compare to Justin Fields, right? Because they didn't take Justin Fields. You traded for Sam Darnold. If that works out, I think this draft is awesome. Davion Nixon's my favorite pick, like I said. Defending Big Ten Player of the Year. Fifth round, perfect fit next to Derrick Brown. Absolutely perfect. He can play the run. He can get in the passing lanes. If you have two big defensive tackles that can rush the passer, plus J.C. Horn on the outside, like collapsing pockets with corners on top of guys, like your defense can get really good in a hurry. When you can blend uh, best BPA with uh, scheme fit, uh, when those things come together, and also replacing guys or having where you can plug them in uh, to previous ones, that's when you usually hit those home runs. And so J.C. Horn gives them the versatility. Terrence Marshall is a great uh, – they, they lost Curtis Samuel. Uh, no, that's not what Marshall is, but you, you're adding physicality uh, to your receiving course. And now you already have their uh, number one receiver from last year, and I'm forgetting. D.J. Moore. Uh, thank you. Uh, D.J. Moore, along with Terrence Marshall. I love those two together. Uh, Chubba Hubbard is Mike Davis' replacement. I mean, that's a perfect uh, uh, replacement for that for that type of a role. Uh, Davion Nixon, his fit next to a Derek Brown. I, I love that as, as well. Shai Smith, there's your chance to be there's that Curtis, Curtis Samuel. Samuel. Yeah. yeah, and to get him in the sixth round, uh, like I said, I, overall, it matches everything on their team. Uh, they got their fits. There's high upside that's here. I agree with you. This wasn't as rated as highly in some spots. Like it was rated well, but I thought this was a top three draft, in my opinion. Yeah, it's my favorite. The only one I'll, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on Chuba Hubbard. Not a big fan. Uh, track athlete playing running back, and he just fumbles too much for me. Eight fumbles in three yeah, years. Yeah. And yeah. so, and you already have Christian McCaffrey. So, Chuba Hubbard, like, it's okay. He, he could be he, two the, years ago. He looked amazing, right? In the fourth round, if he can get yeah. his fumbles uh, in in order, here's again just a number two running back. You're just adding to the the stable. Yeah, I'm on that 
yeah, on that surviving, he's fine. So let's move on here. We're on the Broncos, right? Broncos are next. You got it. And they kept in the corner and broke the Cowboys fans' hearts as they took Patrick Sertan Jr. roll tight. I'm going to say it every time, dude. And then they traded up and broke your heart and got Javante Williams. And then they took Quinn Miners, our boy, out of Whitewater. Congratulations, Quinn. And then they got a great pick in Baron Browning out of Ohio State. Caden Stearns, the safety out of Texas. Jamar Johnson, the safety out of Indiana. Seth Williams, one of the two Auburn receivers. Kerry Vincent, the corner out of LSU. Jonathan Cooper, the defensive end out of Ohio State. And Marquis Spencer, the defensive end out of Mississippi State. So I like all the players they took with their first four picks, even if they don't really fill up needs. Yep. And moving up for Javante Williams, which wasn't a need, was surprising to me. Like they have Melvin Gordon, and once again, you could Melvin Gordon could be out of contract next year. I didn't look through all that stuff just because I didn't. But he, yeah, despite signing him to a contract last year, things don't last long in the NFL. If you already have a guy that you think is a higher ceiling, you now have two guys, and you need two in the NFL, and you're looking at eventually your lead back here. I saw Patrick Sertan. So adding Kyle Fuller in the offseason as a free agent and taking Patrick Sertan Jr. Takes a weakness and makes it a strength, right? Absolutely. And you just have to believe now that Drew Locke slash Teddy Bridgewater, they traded for Teddy Bridgewater days before the draft. Uh, you have to believe that they're going to be your quarterbacks. Because once again, this is another team. You passed on Justin Fields at that point. You've passed on Justin Fields. You have to believe that one of those guys is going to be good. Patrick Sertan is just not quite the athlete that J.C. Horn is. You asked me what what's the difference there. But I'd say he's more of a technician, like yep. Yep. really sound, really sound. And that's why they don't see a lot of tape against him. My favorite pick was Quinn Miners. This dude literally taught himself how to be a center. He had the whole year off because of COVID. And if that doesn't show you how coachable you are, like, I don't know what is. Like He's blocking oak trees. Like, yeah. This is how he's learning how to attack it. If you see the video on his training sessions, you just he fits the the – the mean mentality, the, the mauling mentality of an offensive lineman. Uh, yeah. I there seems like the, the floor there is like quality rotational player. Like I don't see how he's yeah. possibly a bust. Absolutely. And the worst pick I had is Caden Stearns. I broke my own rule and that he's a fifth round pick, but uh, he's the size of a safety, but he's a truly terrible tackler. If you watch Caden Stearns, he misses a lot of tackles. So I'm not really sure. You can't really play him on special teams. Maybe you got to coach him up. This fits question marks as far as uh, for both the Panthers and the Broncos. You're passing on Justin Fields. That's going to be how this draft is defined. I love their first four picks as well, but for both of these guys, we like the Panthers, we like the Broncos draft. It's still going to come down to where you write on Justin Fields. Otherwise, everything else is a wash. Uh, as we move uh, down, you have <laughs> J.C. Horn off the board. You have Patrick Sertan off the board. And you have uh, the Cowboys ho- left holding the bag. They wanted one of those two guys. Uh, and they did not expect the board to go this way. And that's why I at least appreciate the trade that they made early on. That was just to collect their thoughts and figure out what their plan B is. Yeah, so they traded down within the division with the Eagles. So the Cowboys then, picking at 12, didn't go corner, didn't go O-line. Uh, they took Micah Parsons, who on his own is a top 10 player in this draft, I suppose, at inside linebacker. Then they took Kelvin Joseph in the second round, a corner. They took Osa Odezugawa, a defensive tackle out of UCLA in the third. Chauncey Golston, Deshaun Wright, Jabril Cox in the fourth. That's a good pick. Josh Ball, an offensive tackle. Simi Fahoko, a wide receiver from Stanford. Quinton Bohana, a defensive tackle. Israel Mukuamu, a corner from North Carolina. And Matt Farniak, a guard from Nebraska. Here's my thing. I really have no idea what the goal is here. So Parsons certainly fits the mold of an athletic linebacker. Like they like that, but you have Leighton Vander Esch and And Jalen Smith, Smith. which $60 million contract you just signed him to last year. And they're really injury prone. I get that. I get that. But it's really a weird fit. And then you take Jabril Cox in the fourth round who I like it. He's Micah Parsons light, but 
another linebacker? How, how are you going to do this? One of Vander Esch, whose uh, fifth-year option was not uh, uh, option was declined, uh, so he will be a full free agent uh, next year. Uh, but either either him or Jalen Smith, one of those two will not be wearing uh, the stripes uh, uh, next year. That's that's part of this. Again, Micah Parsons, he has high upside. If he's an all-pro guy, you're still going to say no matter what the fit is, uh, that's going to be a nice boost to your defense. But again, this is a team who needed uh, secondary help. Uh, did they get it with Kelvin Joseph? I'm not a huge Kelvin Joseph guy. He, it's <laughs> he's he transferred from Alabama, so he he's got the school like he had the profile to be there. He was at Alabama too, but and he can tackle a little bit, but. It's more. It's a lot of what these things are. It's just like he's got a lot of speed. He's got a lot of tools. There's not a lot of production out of Kelvin four Joseph. Point, four point three four forty yard dash for sure. Yeah, and I actually had Chauncey Golston as my least favorite pick. It's once again a lot of you can never have too many pass rushers if they're good. But this is a lot of effort, not a lot of tools, which is okay. But third round is really early to take a guy like that, and they took a lot of defense defensive players. But I'm not really sure where a lot of these guys fit in or. The, nor are you confident that they actually improved their nope. defense for, for 2021 for sure. Nope, uh, so not at all. <laughs> th- but that's what the Cowboys have been for years, a collection of good players, but not necessarily players that gel together and actually give you a winning record. Uh, so yeah, that's I would agree there. If we had switched to, with the Eagles trade, so if we go back to, uh, to them now, uh, the Eagles uh, moved up. They got their uh, receiver that they were hoping to, to get. Uh, Devontae Smith, who could have gone as high as, as three uh, back when uh, Miami was on, on the board at three, uh, ends up making his way to number 10, and the Philadelphia couldn't be more elated. Yeah, another team that didn't take a quarterback, so Jalen Hurts is your quarterback moving ahead. They took Devonta Smith at 10 after the trade-up and roll tied there, Alabama. And then in the second round, Landon Dickerson, another Alabama player, roll tied. Third round, Milton Williams, defensive tackle, Louisiana Tech, who a lot of people could have had going earlier. Some people love their fourth round pick in Zach McPherson. I do not. We'll get to him in a little bit. He's a corner. Fifth round, Kenneth Gainwell, great pick, running back Memphis. I like that pick for a later round pick. It, it reminds me, again, you had uh, uh, went to Washington last year, who was the, the running back that went from there. We were high on him in that uh, a draft within it. Uh, and I'm forgetting his name, but he uh, ended up doing a very nicely for the, the Washington. Oh, Antonio Gibson. You yeah. went to the Washington football team. I was there like college. I was like, Washington College had a guy? Okay. Yeah. Wash- Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Great so, good comparison. Uh, Gainwell was his replacement. Uh, and he didn't get a chance to see a lot with it, but he's the same. He's the toolsy. He's got the same type of build. Everything is there. Uh, I very much like the, the Gainwell pick here. And then they took. Marlon Tupelo Toto from USC at big defensive tackle. Taron Jackson, Jacoby Stevens, and Patrick Johnson. So, the Eagles, you mentioned Devonta Smith. Leapfrog him. It's a great fit. You said he could have really been selected earlier. It's not not have been surprising. He'll be their alpha wide receiver. And was it, which one did they get last year? First round pick. Um, the TCU guy. Oh, that's escaping me right now. I can't think of his name. Oh, well. Uh, so, two, back-to-back years they've spent first round picks on wide receiver. And that'll help Jalen Hurts as he develops. My favorite pick is really Landon Dickerson. Do you remember how bad the Eagles' offensive line woes were last year when they had all those injuries? Well, Landon Dickerson has dealt with injuries. That's probably why he fell this far. But when healthy, he's probably my favorite lineman in this draft. He's literally played all five spots at both Florida State and Alabama, two of the premier programs in the country. So you know he's versatile. I mentioned Zach McPherson. Some people love him. It's a lot of production, a lot of production. And he transferred from Penn State, but... 
He's going to be asked to play right away because they really only have Darius Slay and Avante Maddox, and it could be a big ask because I think there's going to be a learning curve there. Jalen Rieger. Jalen Rieger, yes, yes, yes. I knew I was TCU. I had the team even from where he played, but I couldn't remember his name. Uh, So now we have uh, the the team that's uh, in between those two because we covered the trade. And so we grabbed uh, Philadelphia, we grabbed Dallas. Let's do the Bears because they trade up with that pick to the Giants. Let's do the Bears here. And Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are taking the chance to keep their job. So they make the trade up because Justin Fields has dropped and dropped and dropped and let's go get our quarterback. And... The Bears believe he's their next franchise quarterback, and I said I think he's the second best quarterback they believe in this that draft. About Mitch Trubisky too. So what yeah. what makes this different, Corey? What makes this different? Well, I Justin Fields has much more consistency. You've seen now, just like Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky had one year, one year, one uh, year. Yep. And yep. Justin Fields has a year and a half, right? A weird year, but he needs to be great for this front officers to keep their jobs. I don't think he'll start right away. He should compete to start right away. He's probably already better than Andy Dalton. Um. I like Justin Fields. It's a big ask. It's not a lot of talent. He'll probably have Allen Robinson for one year. Now, they made a move in the second round. We've talked about Tevin Jenkins, right? He is. So he improve that offensive line for a rookie quarterback. If they had stayed put at 20, no one blinks an eye, right? You'd take him there, but he played offensive tackle at OK State, and he can step in and be either out. He can play right tackle. He could probably be their next Kyle Long at guard if they want him to play there, too. So, power and physicality, I like it. They're, they're trying to help Justin Fields, which is something they never did. Never did for Mitch Trubisky. Now, I also think there's a lot more physical tools in Justin Fields than Mitch Trubisky. He can throw the ball. I've watched Mitch Trubisky many times in the NFC North throw the ball 10 yards or less to his left only because he's terrified to throw to the right for whatever reason. And the knock on Justin Fields is, oh, he's a one-read thrower or he runs. No, watch him play. Like It's not like that. It's just because his first read is usually really open because they're a really good team. Here's what I don't understand is media bias. Maybe you can tell me, which is, and this is not meant to be a knock on, on roll tight as I say this. Uh, you have two big programs, Ohio State and you have Alabama. Alabama, uh, you can have made an argument for any of the quarterbacks who have been there. Look at the, the legendary talent that has been on that offense in the last two to three years. The amount of first-round uh, receivers, the amount of first-round offensive linemen, <coughs> running backs, all the above. And none of the quarterbacks are dinged for that. Justin Fields seems to get dinged for everything for Ohio State. So, you know, it's only the one reader. The, the, the scheme uh, makes it easy for him. Well, the scheme makes it easy along with the talent was with him. in Alabama. What's the difference? Why is Fields getting the criticism that Alabama players don't tend to? Yeah, I, it's weird. It's very strange. You're right because Ohio State has plenty of talent in their own right, and I don't know why he gets dinged for it. He shouldn't. He should not get dinged for it. So hopefully that, uh, uh, and again, we had, I think part of it's the unfair, you Dwayne Haskins, right? Yeah. Uh, put up obscene Dwayne numbers. Dwayne Haskins, uh, Troy Smith, um, Cardale Jones. It's the fact that Ohio State quarterbacks have flamed out in the NFL. Here's the chance to create and blaze a new trail for Ohio State uh, quarterbacks. Definitely rooting for Justin Fields. Uh, uh, I won't necessarily say on air that I'm rooting for Chicago Bears because that'll probably get me kicked off. That's, but right. uh, it'd be nice to see him uh, do well within that. And again, yeah, I love the Taven Jenkins pick as well. Now so 13. Are we at the Chargers? We are. Yes, we're at the Chargers, right? Okay, so the Los Angeles Chargers, they got their great fit. They couldn't have lucked any more out of 13. Rashawn Slater was there. It is the easiest pick in the book. We had him going at eight, but we all knew that this was a team that wanted linemen, and Slater was there. Second round, Asante Samuel Jr., I'm in love. I think he's so good. I think if he was two inches taller, he's J.C. Horn. So in the second round, it's a great fit. 
Josh Palmer in the third is weird. Trey McKitty in the fourth, or also in the third is weird. Chris Rumpf is weird. Brendan James, weird. And then Nick Neiman, Larry Roundtree, and Mark Webb. So I think they nailed the first two picks. I think they're as good as anybody. And after that, it's a really weird fit. It's, it's a lot of reaches. So the Chargers, when best player available meets a need, it's a no-brainer. And wherever Sean Slater lines up day one, he's a starter. Asante Samuel, I said, I think if he was two inches taller, he's five foot ten. He's in that he's absolutely in the Patrick Sertan Jr. JC Horn fit. Outside of that, like I said, I know you, you follow it far more than I do. I'm more of I, I study before the NFL draft and get to know the stuff within it. I know none of these other players that are here on this list. Is that uh, due to my ignorance or due to some massive question marks uh and picks? How would you put that? These are these are weird. These are weird picks. Um so Josh Palmer he had to deal with inconsistent, like Tennessee's quarterback play has been really bad the last few years. And my thing is, I'm not really sure what he offers to this team. He should have been drafted, sure. Probably not that early, a couple of rounds later. He's a socialist athlete with socialist shies, with a bad college production. And ES- a team- ESPN gives him a 55 grade, which yeah. in, in, uh, in baseball, that's a, that's a decent grade. And not so much in football. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, and I liked KJ Hill more last season. So I'm not really sure what the pick is there. Trey McKitty is a blocking tight end, and he was at Florida State and Georgia, but it's a really early pick again for a guy who is not going to – maybe he can get open underneath, but – I suppose to be fair, he was great at the senior bowl. Uh, So I guess some of those late things, when you don't have a lot of tape or when the tape is already uh, damaged by erratic QB play and you don't have a lot to go on, when you're seeing glimpses outside of that tape, it's easy for a scout to to fall in love with a guy. Yeah. It's it's not weird that you don't know any of these players because – there are a lot of picks that should have been two rounds later, I thought. After the first, I said, the first two picks, boom, you nailed it. Like, you're going to get a good grade for your first two picks because I think those are day one starters. After that, not really sure what the Chargers were doing either. Well, we covered the, the Jets with uh, Elijah Vera Tucker at 14. So at 15, we get to the one. Like, normally, it's hard to guess what happens with stuff. This one has been everywhere from every mock draft within it. Uh, of Mac Jones going to the New England Patriots, and for once, everyone got it right, including us. Yeah, there's there's a reason this team's good every year, and it's because they make picks that fit their system, right? So Mac Jones goes 15, roll tied, quarterback Alabama, last quarterback to go in the first round. Uh, Christian Barmore, defensive tackle out of Alabama in the second round, roll tied. And then Ronnie Perkins and Ramonde Stevenson are two Oklahoma players, uh, defensive end and a running back. Excuse me. Cameron Magone is a linebacker from Michigan. Joshua Bledsoe is a safety from Missouri. William Sherman's a tackle from Colorado. And Trey Nixon is a wide receiver from UCF. Here's what I'll say about this team. Uh, Mac Jones, they didn't have to trade up to get their guy. It's not the physical tools of the other quarterbacks, but you don't doubt the coaching, right? We've seen him have success with quarterbacks like this before, namely Tom Brady. So uh, of the five quarterbacks, right, law averages are three of these guys are going to be good. Two or three of them will be good, and the other two or three will be busts. Mac Jones, the fact that he got picked last, is probably the least likely to bust, actually. I don't he also has the lowest upside, right? Because he doesn't move as much. But I do think that Mac Jones will be a at worst solid starter in the NFL. I, I like overall, it's a very Patriots draft. Uh, when you look through the rest of it here, and the Lions, Christian Barmore, uh, Ronnie Perkins, Ram, uh, even Ramonde Stevenson, he's a big back. He's huge. Uh, and again, this is the team that loved LeGarrette Blount and some of these other big guys within it. This is I very think they much. They said that it's going to compete right away for Sony Michelle's job. Yep. Uh, that Sony Michelle may not even make the team, is what the, there's uh, some thoughts uh, within that. So, again, when you don't have 
uh, and uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback at the top. You need to go back to more uh, with their defense. They need specific scheme fits. That's the the massive thing that they do. They plug you into uh, the different roles. Here's where you fit within the the defense. You play according to the different uh, all the different uh, roles and different uh, schematic things that they do within it. Uh, I like uh, Ronnie Perkins within that. Again, I like the running back within it. This all makes sense for what uh, New England is doing. W- wouldn't surprise me at all if you're looking at a 9-7 and team uh, next year, whether it's Cam Newton or whether it's uh, uh, Mac Jones. Uh, and I think you're going to see a blend of that, especially the style that Cam Newton is with his already his injury issues. Matt, Mac Jones is playing this year. That much I will say. Yeah, I'm going to mention Cameron going quick, their first-round pick. He's also only 20 years old. Because of that, he needs some development time, but he can both cover and tackle. He does struggle with blockers, but I think it's a really good pick in the fifth round. Are we on to the Cardinals? We are on to the Cardinals, and here we have in the first round uh, the uh, intriguing Zaven Collins, who's a physical and athletic specimen, but people seem to be very confused as to what position does he actually play in the NFL. I just, I've just, i just seen him mess this pick up so many times. So uh, Hassan Reddick, Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins. They're all these weird, at, like, really athletic guys, right? He's huge. Zayvon Collins weighed in, I think, 270. And you, last year you drafted Isaiah Simmons, who's a small linebacker. So now you have a huge linebacker and a small linebacker. And could it work? Sure. But I just, we've seen him mess this type of a player up so many times that I just don't know how this is going to play out. What I'll say at least as far as now you have a blend of sizes, which is going to help. Having Hassan Reddick with Isaiah Simmons, that doesn't work. That's too many small guys within. Now, Reddick you know, had a great pass rush uh, thing that worked, uh, but now Zayvon Collins is a better physical fit with, with Isaiah Simmons. I do like that overall. I still, like, they didn't go cornerback until the fourth round, and that was a need for them. Yeah, they, they Zayvon Collins is not a need. They took a wide receiver in the second round who's maybe Isha need. And Rondell Moore's great. Like, I think he'll be a great fit for them. They love those speedy players, and he's going to be unbelievably good at that, but not their biggest need. And the rest of the draft feels like just a guy. Am I wrong? You know, I like James Wiggins in the seventh round. He was really good in, let's see, it would have been 20. He's, he's a lot like Buda Baker, actually. An excellent athlete, but he missed all 2019 with an ACL. But he was really good in 2018, and last year he's a first team All American. He can kind of do a little bit of everything, not a master of anything, but I mean that's a at this point you're just throwing a dart at it again. But yeah, it's it's not one of my favorite drafts. Cardinals are I just don't trust him with Zayvon Collins. Well, if you're uh, confused or wondering about picks uh, with Arizona, let's go to our NFL favorite for always being confused by their picks. We'll go to the uh, o- uh, Oakland Las Las Vegas Raiders uh, and uh, Alex Leatherwood. Uh, I'll give you a spot for you to say roll tide. Alex Leatherwood, Alabama, roll tide. And uh, not that he's not a, a bad pick. I like him overall as a solid right tackle. Just don't get it at a 17. They needed O-line help after they let all their O-linemen go, which is weird. Uh, Leatherwood seems a bit early, right? It's it's a bit early. It's not – people made it sound like this is some – their usual It picks. wasn't a massive like, stretch, though. I'm trying to think who was the cornerback out of Ohio State they took last year. That was much worse. Damon Arnett, that was a much worse pick. I would agree. Uh, Cleveland Farrell a few years ago, much worse pick. So, yeah, Alex Weatherwood's a bit early. I'd have taken Tevin Jenkins. I'd have taken Christian Derisaw. But I guess if you really wanted the, the versatility, Leatherwood's got that. So I'm not going to murder him for that pick. And they did uh, 
get a first round grade in their second uh, round pick with uh, Trayvon Morig. Uh, if you falling flipped to them. the picks, everyone's it's happy. It's great, right? Yeah. Like, if you flipped and you said, oh, they took Trayvon Morig first and then they took Alex Leatherwood, you'd be like, oh, yeah, they nailed their first two picks. Go. I said, if you watch the tape, Morig's clearly the best safety in this draft. Ahead of Javon Collins, ahead of or Javon Holland and Richie Grant. His coverage is excellent, and he's like a special teams dynamo with his speed. So he needs to refine his tackling of lack, but that's a great pick. And then, so I said, I'm not going to murder him on the other side of the pick that. After that, you can murder all these picks. Like, Malcolm Coons, it is such a reach. I had Malcolm Coons as a not-drafted player. I have no idea why they took Malcolm Coons in the third round. Divine Diablo is a safety who they're going to try to move. First off, best, best name in the <sighs> NFL draft. you got to give that here. Divine Diablo, and you're talking name. like, uh, holy devil, or however you want to go with uh, with this one. Like, there's there's so much that's there. I, I love the name. It's a great nickname setup, but he's a safety who they drafted as a linebacker. And like, why didn't you just take Jeremiah Wissakor more if you're going to do that? Like, why? I and then they take another safety, Tyler Gillespie. So you're at three safeties and five picks. And then Nate Hobbs is a corner, and Jimmy Morrissey is a center. So. There's a lot of criticism about Leatherwood. That's defendable. Three safeties in a corner instead of any defensive lineman is, I just lo- is much worse to me. I just love that the ghost of Al Davis lives on in Las Vegas. I'm uh, very, very happy with that. Uh, but if we look at the football team. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Washington. This this guy was rising up the boards uh, in the last uh, like week and a half before the draft. Uh, and again, usually what that means is teams are finally catching up or uh, media is finally catching up to where scouts already have their boards positioned. And yeah. so here you have uh, Jamin Davis, uh, a very athletic, toolsy, uh, inside linebacker, uh, who's their first overall pick. Yeah, his, my note says a player I'm not sure we've ever mentioned, uh, kind of a late riser who had a nice year and then tested off the charts. So he can definitely be a run and chase, sideline to sideline linebacker, but you're going to need people to eat blockers up for him is what I have for my note for him. Which for that defensive line, he fits. Like That's 100% you need. It reminds me again, Zach Thomas uh, for the Miami Dolphins, small linebacker, but he had a Daryl Gardner and Tim Bowens in the middle uh, for defensive tackles. He could run all over the place. They ate up blockers. He could do what he did best. Same potential for at least uh, Jamin Davis as far as the defensive line that they have. You have the ability to to yield to your strength. So I want to mention their second round pick. Sam Cosme is the tackle out of Texas. I had him as a top five tackle. They got him at the back after the second round. He has all the physical makings of a left tackle with ideal measurements, great production. I think that Cosme can start at left tackle early next season and a long time for this football team. Now in the third round... They took Benjamin St. Just and Diami Brown. I've said Diami Brown is Marquez Valdez Scantling, which can be both a compliment and not a compliment. So he gets open deep, but he drops too many passes. And Benjamin St. Just is my least favorite pick. Very tall, six foot three, but just like most players that size, speed is a question. So can he really keep up? This is a guy who they took in the third round at cornerback who has never made a college interception, which means his ball skills are impossible to evaluate. And he's also a 24-year-old rookie. So we're talking about guys getting picked at 20. Benjamin St. Just is a 24-year-old rookie who has never made a pick. It's a big ask. Um, some of the later picks, I said Danny Brown, John Bates, Reach, Derek Forrest, Cameron Cheeseman, another great name, line, long snapper from Michigan, William Bradley King, Shaka Tony, and Dax Milne. I have Ryan Fitzpatrick is good enough to get this team to 500, but does that actually hurt them? Because then they're out of the running for a quarterback next season. I'm at least happy that uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a chance to be a starter where there's no one else looking over his shoulder. So whatever he has left, 
and watching with Miami the last two years, here's someone that reminds me of Rich Gannon. As far as a guy who gets that uh, that second swoon, that second uh, chance at it, who's he reads defenses at an elite level. If his arm strength stays throughout the year, he he propped Miami up uh, and made them a fun to watch. I would like oh, to see him do be, it again. The football team is going to be fun to watch. So you are, you're going to have Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and I said, Diami Brown is Marquez Valdez-Scantling, which means he can get open deep, and he's going to drop some passes. So Ryan Fitzpatrick loves chucking it deep, and with those guys plus Logan Thomas, this team's going to throw it all over the field. And I'm, I think the football team could be fun, and I think they're going to be a good team, actually. Let's keep it in the NFC East and stick with the Giants, who traded down through pick 20 and – selected sorry Dave Gettleman you traded down Gettleman Dave Gettleman you traded down I should mention it congratulations Dave you you made a trade and you took Kadarius Tony which broke Urban Meyer's heart and I there's another one I have so little faith that they're going to use him the right way and he has to be used the right way to be most effective and I don't really trust this I was never the biggest Kadarius Tony fan in the first place if you were if you were going to draft a receiver here and it's Devonta Smith that's different right that's an ace you can put Devonta Smith in any system, and he should be great for you. Devon, uh, sorry, Kadarius Tony needs to be like schemed open, and yeah, can he work? Sure, he could be Victor Cruz for him. Yeah, you could absolutely get Victor Cruz, but even uh, even Golden Tate, uh, yeah, you get uh, Golden Tate. Sure, again, they need to figure out his. Uh, there's some things that he's going to do well, bringing in from the college game. Some things you're going to have to figure out how that works at the NFL level, uh, and. He said he's gonna. He's the one that needs the most developmental time uh, to, to put that together. Now, do you have that time because you signed Kenny Galladay and Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard that you have there along okay. with Evan Ingram? Okay, yeah, you do. And now you have a chance to make this your toy as long as you use it right, but obviously there's a question on use. I'll say this. This team has extreme needs. Not just needs. Extreme needs on the offensive line at every position. And you know how many offensive linemen they took? Listen to these positions. So they took Kadarius Tony. He's a wide receiver. They took Aziz Ojolari, who I love. At outside linebacker, great pick in the second round. Aaron I also like Aaron. I like Aaron Robinson from UCF. Yeah, good corner. And Ellerson Smith, outside linebacker. Gary Brightwell, running back. Rodarius Williams, cornerback. Uh, no centers, no guards, no tackles. Uh, Daniel Jones, man, good luck because you got receivers, but you're going to have so little time in the pocket, dude. And yeah, I love Aziz Ojolari. If you'd have told me they took him in the first round, I'd have said, yep, good pick. Uh, there Apparently there was some concerns with his old knee injury that caused him to drop. I have in my notes, it reminded me a lot of Miles Jide. Miles Jack slide a few years ago to Jacksonville where he was yeah, good, he was great. Good comp. So again, I it's both of us were we're in agreement here. We like the players, we like the picks, but as far as uh, needs and questions that are there, uh, again they, they needed linemen. It didn't happen. So these are good players, but yeah, uh, good luck to uh, Daniel Jones this year and uh, running for his life. Uh, when we move to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, they picked up your favorite, uh, again, as we've already mentioned him before, your favorite uh, defensive end, Quiddy Pay uh, from Michigan. Uh, they needed uh, pass rush help. The first pick overall makes a ton of sense. I have, okay, so Quiddy Pay's a great pick, yep. But I have in my notes, Indianapolis is low-key a strange drafting team too. They're not Vegas, they're not L.A. or Seattle. But after that, they are right in that next mold because Quiddy Pay is a good pick. And they took Deo Odeyingbo. Yeah. Okay. This is the strangest pick in the draft. Shocker. He, he's got some talent, but he tore his Achilles at the Senior Bowl. He is out probably this whole season. It's a huge risk, right? He may never play again. 
And if he is, I'd be shocked if he's this effective. So that is a just mind-blowing pick to me. Then Kylan Granson in the fourth round, fine, but you could have had Brevin Jordan. Like, if you want a pass-catching tight end draft, Brevin Jordan. Sean Davis, Sam Ellinger, weird pick there. That's Taysom Hill. Uh, Mike Strachan has got all the physical tools to be a great receiver, and then Will Freeze. It's just... See, what happens with Indianapolis is that they're looked at overall as a good drafting team on reputation of just the one draft when you had Quentin Nelson and you got Darius Leonard in the second round. They, they had home run picks, and it gave them the reputation that they, they do well at the draft. When when you look at the rest of it, not so much. I, yeah, I, Quiddy Pay is the only one. And I said Michael Strachan gets honorable mention just because he's measurable. I think he's like 6'5", and he runs like a 4'3". You can compare him to Marcus Colston because he's another small school receiver. But beyond that, there is not a pick here that I really like. Well, let's take a look at the Tennessee Titans, who also have, uh, number one, they I like their first overall pick, but we're going to have similar questions as far as uh, uh, addressing needs. But first off, uh, Caleb Farley, who has a top 10, top 15 overall talent, if fully healthy, uh, from v- cornerback out of Virginia Tech. Uh, great fit with Tennessee from that re- from that standpoint. Yeah, the only the only thing that caused him to drop is the injury. He's a perfect replacement for Adoree Jackson if he's healthy. And I said I was hoping the Packers would have a chance for him, but the Packers and Titans lined up with basically the same needs. So Caleb Farley should fit right away if he's healthy. We just hope that back is okay. Love their second round pick uh, as far as uh, a right tackle that you like from North Dakota State, Dylan Raddins. Yeah, Dylan Raddins is the guy I have down as my favorite pick. Unlike the disaster they just had with Isaiah Wilson, there is absolutely no question about the makeup of Dylan Raddins and his dedication yes. to football. Here's the do-over pick right here uh, for more of an underrated guy uh, that should be uh, good for them here. My least favorite pick, though, is their third round pick, and that's Monty Rice, who's a linebacker from Georgia. Saw a lot of Monty Rice. He's played great in college, but... He has this like weird linebacker body shape and then he's really big. And yeah, he makes a ton of tackles at Georgia, but he's gonna get eaten up by like NFL guards if if he I think he can be very good at special teams. I'll say that. What's your opinion on Des Fitzpatrick? Because this is what I have down for one of my three biggest questions from the draft is the Titans didn't address receiver. Uh, nothing in the, in the first three rounds. Here's another one, a major hole. You have tons of guys that were going through the middle rounds that you could have picked here, from Dwayne Eskridge to Amari Rogers to a, so many of these guys that we've already mentioned on here. They don't do a thing. Then they pick Des Fitzpatrick with the fourth overall pick in the fourth round. So I don't have as many points as you do, but I have is Des Patrick enough to fill the Corey Davis-sized void? And I don't think it is. Uh, Des Fitzpatrick went to Louisville. And they actually draft Racy McMath a few rounds later from LSU, another receiver. But Fitzpatrick ran fast, but if you watch him, he doesn't really move all that well. And Louisville has kind of a weird offense. It's the Lamar Jackson offense. Now they have next year they're going to have another pros- they have another running quarterback prospect, not to that level, but so they kind of weird. They run kind of a weird offense, and basically, does Fitzpatrick just gets asked to run deep, and he's okay at that, but. He's going to have to show that he can get open underneath in the NFL. Yeah, that's that's going to be maybe you have a deep threat uh, option within it, but that's not only going to do you so much. It didn't actually address something that's going to be a major contribution in 2021. Uh, when we move any more on them, or then we uh, go to uh, the Minnesota Vikings, who they were looking for offensive line help. They were the ones that were the most looking at uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Uh, he was taken earlier than they could get their first selection in, so they end up with a trade, uh, and they get themselves Christian Derisaw. Man, did they get a lot of picks in the end in this draft. So they get 
one, two, three, four third round picks and three fourth round picks. So they was loaded up on those middle round picks, and they're going to do really well on them. Now, Darisaw, they traded down with the Jets, and they got roughly an equal offensive lineman to Elijah Vera Tucker, who they would have picked at 14. Uh, Darisaw is a, probably a left tackle prospect, whereas I think Vera Tucker is an interior line prospect. So Agreed. it's probably a more valuable pick anyways. We're going to talk in the third round here, so I'll read them quick here. Kellen Mond is a quarterback. Chaz Surratt is an inside linebacker and a really good one. Favorite pick of the draft, Wyatt Davis. Yes. Guard out of Ohio State. Absolute monster. So they could have had Vera Tucker. Yeah. Uh, and then the the tackle market is thin. So what Correct. did they do? They went with tackle first and picked up, yes, one of the more run-mauling uh, linemen, interior linemen in this draft. You not only fill a need once, you fill it twice. So, again, here's a team that actually looked at their needs, looked at the board, and matched it up uh, very, very well. Yeah, two-time All-American, bloodlines of Willie Davis, Hall of Famer. So, you know, he's got to the bloodlines. And I think along with Darisaw, it improves their O-line right away. Now, the weirdest pick here is Kenne and Wangwu, who is a – the. I don't think he should have been drafted. The Vikings took him in round four. He's a kicker turner. He has only ever been a kicker turner, and once in a while he gets some carries. Now, Iowa State is where he went to. Iowa State has a great running back named Brees Hall. He will be in the draft next year. I'm not really sure why they took a returner pick. I guess you're hoping he's Cordero Patterson is what you're hoping for. I guess you're hoping that there's more more uh, ability there than what was used, I guess. And sometimes you have that happen at college programs. You have guys that are underutilized, and then you find a way to use them better in, in the NFL. It happens. I, Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, there's a lot of good picks here, though. Uh, I'm going to talk about quick. Amir Mar- Smith-Marset is a wide receiver they got in the fifth round. Jalen Twyman in the sixth round. With all the picks they made, there's a lot of good ones. It's surprising they didn't get a safety, but I did like the Vikings draft, too. What about Kellen Mond, quarterback, uh, there for that? That was obviously the first of their uh, third uh, picks. He was taken second overall in the third round. Yeah, I don't know about Kellen Mond. I've never been a Mond guy. He He's going to be in a better fit where he gets to develop. Like You could not ask Kellen Mond to play day one. He would be way out of his league. So Kellen Mond, he's like, his accuracy is all over the place. Like He's got physical gifts to play football, but... You watch Kalamon at Texas A&M, and his throws are way behind and way above, and I, I'm i not sure Kalamon is ever going to be a whole lot. As we take a look at the next team in the, uh, the draft here, we move to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, again, made the second obvious pick uh, in this, uh, I guess, third if you count Trevor Lawrence and some of the <laughs> early stuff there with it. But as far as... Things you know, if the board fell this way, this is exactly what was going to happen. Mac Jones to uh, New England. Now Najee Harris to uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, it's everyone got everybody got this one correct, but like Najee Harris, your old line is going to be a concern, dude, unless some of these late do, day two, early day three picks pan out because they needed old linemen badly. Alejandro Villanueva left. He went to the Ravens after the draft, and Pouncey are tired. Yeah, so their O line aged fast, and they have not replaced. So, and the second round, then they took Pat Fryermuth, great tight end. Like we said, he could be a back end first round pick, but not a not an offensive line player. Heath Miller, like I said, the yeah. classic type of uh, retro fit from what they've done before. Again, this goes to at least these first couple of picks. Great classic fits for this team, but you still have a glaring hole that wasn't that was missed. So you took Kendrick Green in the third round. You're hoping that he's going to be he's probably your day one center. And Dan Moore is a tex, offensive tackle out of Texas A and M, which not ready to play, I don't think, right away. So there's going to be some real needs on this O line. Najee Harris is ran behind one of the best. There's a legit case you could say that Najee Harris's O line at Alabama is going to be better than his O line at Pittsburgh. 
that is possible. <laughs> and Big Ben's getting older, so there's a problem with the O line here. Now, as far as like good picks, oh sorry, did you did you happen to see their punter they took in the seventh round, Presley Harvin? I did dude, not. Dude, first off, he averages like 48 yards, but the dude is like 270 pounds. He is a big dude punting the ball. So is is it even possible to get a roughing the kicker uh, with uh, no. with this type of guy? Because I'm pretty sure if you end up hitting his his foot, is like he's the one that's going to knock you he's, down, not he's the other huge. way around. It's awesome. He's yeah, five foot eleven, two hundred sixty three pounds. I, yeah. I told you he's big. So yeah, yeah that's a good pick. Um, Buddy Johnson is their fourth round pick out of Texas A and M. He's the one I have down as actually my favorite pick. It's a very classic Steelers player, a big linebacker, smart. They're always in the right place. He anticipates. And he'll play special teams. I'm. Uh, I am also very much a fan of Quincy Roche from uh, from Miami. Here's someone yep. who fits the three four outline uh, outside linebacker mold. Uh, some developmental time uh, with what you already have. He has pass rush ability, uh, and I think this is the best place for him to come and learn a uh, place that churns out three four linebackers that, like anyone else in the in the NFL. Uh, another AFC uh, North team that I really like is the one that we have next. Obviously, Travis Etienne we've already covered with the, the Jags, so we've moved to 26. Uh, Greg Newsom, uh, the second, uh, Northwestern cornerback. Here's another guy that was rising in the last like 10 days leading up to the, to the draft. The Cleveland Browns uh, select their cornerback, and they selected some very nice players that I like this here. This is another one of my favorite drafts, and this is already a good team, and they got better. So Greg Newsom, he's got some injury concerns, but it's a great pick. The, it could really be a special young secondary if they're all healthy with Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, Grant Delpit, and Greg Newsom. along with the fact if they can even stay on there for two seconds, right, two seconds, they just signed Jadavion Clowney and they got Miles Garrett. So that's how Miles Garrett wins his Defensive Player of the Year award is when these guys force the quarterback to hold the ball a half a second more and he gets 20 sacks next year. And then thanks to some uh, later health uh uh, issues that are there. You have, uh, I always say, just JOK, uh, a linebacker out of Notre Dame. Uh, I love, uh, he, he fell in the second round. Great, a uh, great pick for Cleveland here. It's my favorite. It's my favorite pick of the draft. Uh, I don't really get why he fell as far. I get teams are worried he's a tweener, but why wouldn't you want a linebacker that can cover and hit like a safety? He won the Butkus Award last season as the nation's best linebacker. He plays like it. I'm not sure how you could be so hyped last year on Isaiah Simmons and then let JOK slide to the second round. Excellent uh, a comparison right there as far as guys that are don't fit the mold of one position. And you want him to exceed in the NFL? Here's the easiest way to do it. You don't plug him into one hole and try to treat him as like an inside linebacker or an outside linebacker or as a safety. You have to use him as a hybrid. He has to be a chess piece if you actually want to use his skill set well. Teams that are willing to look outside the box or be unconventional with their, with their teams, uh, with their talent, they're the ones that are going to do that with him. Does the Cleveland defense do that? I don't know. But that's what they need to do if they want to actually make this a home run of a pick. And it should be. I'll tell you, a home run that's a pick that's not a home run. And they had a lot of very good ones, but this one, it just stands like a sore thumb is Anthony Schwartz in the third round. Like, no doubt the fastest player in college football, easily. He can wake up, not stretch, and run a 4 2 5 40. Like, he has world class track speed. If you watched him at Auburn, he has that type of field stretching ability, but it's never translated. Because guess what? He is not a very good football player. He averaged 12 yards per catch his career with more rushing than receiving touchdowns because even though he is that fast, they basically could use him to flip him the ball a little bit and get an end around. So, yeah, you can't teach speed, but you really got to teach him a lot of other things to even make him good. (laughs) 
Well, let's talk about a team that did pick up a receiver that I really liked. We both were high on the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, picked up Rashad Bateman, uh, running our receiver out of Minnesota, uh, an excellent weapon uh, for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, so we should mention that this team actually got a second first round pick too. Uh, since we've done our mock draft, they traded Orlando Brown and got a second first round pick. But yeah, Bateman was the first pick and it's a perfect pick for what they need. Uh, Lamar Jackson, we've said before, they loved to run those RPO things and they needed a player who could get open underneath. And Lamar Jack, that's basically what Rashad Bateman did at Minnesota because they also have a great running back in Mo Ibrahim. So at, he was asked to get open on slants underneath and that's what he's going to do at the next level. And their second first round pick? Yeah, Sorry, Odafi, oh, wait, no, I was just going to say... Again, Penn State has the ability to produce athletes that later have to become better football players. And he couldn't uh, have landed in a better spot to do it, right? It's a rare athlete who has never put it together into production, but this is the type of pick that the Ravens typically have success with. You're hoping that you get Kalias Campbell, and could he do it? Sure, he could. And then a couple of rounds later, they pick Tylen Wallace as a, as a receiver, who I think is another great fit for him. Like, he suffered an ACL in 2019 when he was pacing towards an absolutely monstrous season. Monstrous. And then surprisingly came back another year and did a good job of showing he was mostly recovered. But as a typical Oklahoma State receiver, he was never asked to show off the full route tree. But I think he can be Willie Sneed. Like, and they've had Willie Sneed. And so if you tell me they got two good receivers, I think the Baltimore offense, and now they're, they're still going to be a running team, right? They're always going to be a running team as long as Lamar Jackson's on the team. But you can at least have the threat of throwing the ball now. What I like with him, again, when you look at the, the bios of these guys, here's another one that's uh, uh, competitive, uh, uh, fierce within, like, tough. Uh, th- these types of guys, like which, again, fits Baltimore's offense well and what they do. Bateman's the same way. He's a tough physical receiver over the middle. Uh, I like overall uh, the talent that, again, good talent, good upside, and fits their uh, their philosophy well. It's another excellent Ravens draft of drafting falling players, right? They do it very well. The weirdest pick is Brandon Stevens, the cornerback they took in the end of the third round. I'm sure they loved the fact that he's big. He's very tall. He's not fast. I think Sean Wade, a few picks later, who's also an enigma in his own right, is probably more likely to play all the time at cornerback. But overall, it's another great draft. If we're going to talk weird picks, we move to 28 to the uh, New Orleans Saints. We have Peyton Turner the Houston defensive end who no one had plugged anywhere near this. Yeah. I have this one was kind of out of left field. I had Turner is more likely a day three pick than a day one pick. The Saints make their choices based off their board, and they must have liked Turner. I He's a big effort guy. Like, if you watched him at Houston, he's a huge effort guy. I am just not sure what he offered them that Jason Owe or Aziz Ojolari didn't. Uh, it's a strange decision. I have, are the Saints a good drafting team? They get a lot of credit for being good, too. So 2017, you got Marshawn Lattimore, Alvin Kamara, Ryan Ramchick, and Trey Hendrickson. Uh, or are they a poor drafting team like Marcus Davenport, Traquan Smith, Rick Leonard? That was the very next year. See, again, this is another one. When you have a home run of a draft class, it puts you into a different category or it gives you a different rep that, yes, you nailed that one. Some of it's luck. Some of it is definitely scouting talent and props to you for, for getting that type of a, a franchise-changing draft, uh, that type of an impact draft. D- one great draft, though, doesn't mean you're a good drafting team, and that's what we're seeing with the Indianapolis Colts and what we're seeing here also uh, uh, with uh, the our example here with the Saints. Uh, my favorite pick is Paulson Adebo in their third round. He opted out last season, but when we last saw him, He's among the best cornerbacks in the country. 2018 to 2019, he had 38 passes defensed. 
He has all the length in the world to be the next Patrick Robinson. It's just, does he have enough speed? Okay, let's talk a quarterback here. So they have Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And then in the fourth round, they took Ian Book. What What is this team doing? Like, he's an awesome story, right? Ian Book is great. He has went from a basically no-name recruit to one of the most productive quarterbacks at one of the most famous colleges in all of college football. However, he's small. He's kind of weak. He doesn't have a big arm. And he is just, if you ever watched him play, like, you're, you're always going to use the term gritty, right? Like, gritty, but he just plays so chaotically. I have no idea what they're doing at quarterback. It's so strange. They're collecting quarterbacks the way that the Houston Texans are now collecting quarterbacks. So there's another one who, yeah, we'll, we'll talk that in a, in a little bit here. Uh, but as we move on to our, our next team, as we're getting closer to the, the end of this draft, we'll now get to the, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and again, we've always seen in previous years, this is especially a team that drafts scheme fit. Uh, it's definitely scheme first overall within it. They like to draft uh, developmental uh, and, and toolsy players. Uh, you can go back to, uh, uh, and I'm forgetting his name, from lineman from Michigan. Rashawn Gary. Uh, who, again, that was probably the first time, like, like, what are they doing here? And then you see him developing into a nice player. Uh, they don't draft for necessarily BPA for year one. They draft for players that I think overall are going to be very good players for them uh, within it. I, that being said, I do like Eric Stokes as a uh, that physical type quarterback, cornerback, uh, press corner, good size. Uh, that's a, a good fit overall for what they're doing. And at least, you know, his name isn't, uh, well, he who shall not be named. <laughs> Yeah, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers thing, we're not going to talk about that. But So Packers, they love their yoked-up athletes who can play football. Think A.J. Dillon, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage. And Stokes needs a bit of refinement in his technique, but it's it's a good player. He's very fast. He's very athletic. You're hoping that he slots in right across from Jair Alexander and is your starting cornerback day one. I love the Amari Rodgers pick. It's a skill set. This team has been lacking at wide receiver yak, since Randall yak, Cobb. Yak. Like, he can be the short area target who can pick up yards and chunks with the ball in his hands. Royce Newman's kind of weird in the fourth round. It was kind of a low upside. He's he's the swing tackle. They let Rick Wagner leave. It was It's the draft that I think everybody wanted, but it was under the cloud of the Aaron Rodgers thing, right? It's If you'd have told me they took an offensive lineman, a cornerback, and a wide receiver with their first three picks, I'd have said, yep, chalk it up, great. But with the Aaron Rodgers thing hanging over it, it's been kind of a weird couple weeks here. Well, let uh, let him enjoy his drama and his jeopardy and just improve the team. And that's what the, the, the Packers did. Again, you uh, uh, lose Corey Lindsley in free agency. You bring in Josh Myers. Uh, for all the talk about you need to add uh, uh, another offensive weapon, another receiver to the thing, uh, someone with a different skill set uh, than what is there. You did that. I don't think there's a better fit for Amari Rodgers, especially when you already have the vertical threat. You have everything else that the offense is there. He adds a different component, a different strength uh, and skill set to that offense. And I think he's going to quickly surprise. I expect him to be one of the better year one uh, contributors uh, for a team. I think it's a, a great fit there. And so you do give everything. You need you improve the offensive line. Uh, you add an offensive uh, uh, uh playmaker and then you take care of your biggest need on defense like to me this is a solid sensible draft uh from the Packers I like overall their first three picks yeah I like the first three picks the only later pick I want to mention oh there's a couple Cole Van Lannis from Wisconsin so shout that out shout that out keep him Wisconsin and Shamar Jean Charles is really good cornerback actually out of Appalachian State he's a little small but he's also a first team All-American last year I think he tied Patrick Sertan with the most passes defensed so 
the physical tools are there. I think he can be a slot corner early on, and we talk. Like, Kevin King ain't it. So you're not playing Kevin King in the slot. Maybe you move Jair Alexander to the slot, but with their current cornerback room, Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, and Shamar Jean Charles could play together at some point this year. What I like about this is, again, don't sleep on Appalachian State because some teams tend to do that, and they're the team that usually upsets one of the more ranked teams. They've done that consistently in the last five years in uh, in college football. Uh, you don't do that without having some talent. And so they may not be one of the, the powered uh, uh, conferences here, uh, but you can get talent from this, and here's another example of it. Let's talk a team that drafted exactly like they always do, and that is the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> So they love their line trip play. And first round, Gregory Rousseau, defensive end, Miami. Second round, Boogie Basham, defensive end, Wake Forest. Third round, offensive line, Spencer Brown. Fifth round, which is our fourth pick, offensive line, Tommy Doyle. And then Marcus Stevenson, DeMar Hamlin, Rashad Wild, Goose from Wisconsin, and Jack Anderson. So Buffalo, it's a very Bills draft. Uh, Greg Rousseau is kind of weird to me. It's another high upside pick that has a lot of bust in it. He was amazing two years ago, and then he opted out, but we've never really seen Rousseau play other than that. It was literally one year. It's a lot of these late first-round picks from that, that are pass rushers, from Jalen Phillips to Greg Rousseau. We're going to talk about Joe Tryon in a second. Odafe Owe. They didn't really show it a whole lot, and some of them are going to hit. Some of them are not going to hit. Here's the question with him. When what the the first thing he did wrong in the offseason as we led towards the draft is he did his pro day with the rest of Miami's uh, defensive ends and compared to Jalen Phillips he looked massively slow no one's stock was hurt more by a pro day than what Gregory Rousseau's was uh, and that dropped him down to almost the almost into the second round uh, with this now again Buffalo he fits their mold their type uh, but there's questions about overall what his ceiling is. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't, you count from like Ed Oliver from a few years ago that hasn't fully clicked yet. There's another, uh, last year they picked up a defensive lineman who I'm not remembering right now. AJ Epinesa. Thank you. So, so yeah, these big physical guys, but results I, aren't translating on the field. My favorite pick is Boogie Bash from the second round. I actually had yes. Bash him ahead of Greg Rousseau. So Greg Rousseau is six foot seven and 266 pounds. Okay. Big player. Boogie Basham is 6'3", 274. I think Boogie Basham is like a better edge setter in the run game, and it has more versatility than Rousseau. So Ed Oliver, A.J. Epinesa, Greg Rousseau, and Boogie Basham give them a great like young D-line. But I think Rousseau is more of like the rotational player, where I think Boogie Basham is more like the player who you're going to see play more on the field and contribute early on. Yeah, it, it, I could look foolish in a few years if Greg Rousseau also turns into like Jason Pierre-Paul. Like that's possible; he could do that. Yep. But it's it's a projection. Whereas I think Boogie Basham is just more solid. Now, maybe I'm misremembering. This goes down to the sixth round. But weren't you a fan of Demar Hamlin? I was a fan of Demar Hamlin. You're correct. Yeah, look, at I'm me impressed that you things. remember that. Yes, Demar Hamlin is a very good player. So he's a safety out of Pittsburgh. Um, he's just he's a great run defender. He can tackle where. If nothing else, he's going to be a great special teams player. And then in the sixth round, that's that's what you want, right? You contribute. And I have no doubt that DeMar Hamlin will contribute. So let's go to the uh, defending champs, the Tampa Bay Bucks. who what do you do for a team that uh, rolled it, is rolling it back, uh, bringing uh, everyone back for it, everyone is signed on for a, another round. So what do you do at the end of the first round? What do you add? Uh Whoever you want, essentially, is what that comes down to. But uh, Joe Tryon, a uh, high upside uh, outside linebacker. Some say this, here's a chance to be a potential, 
replacement to Jason Pierre-Paul. That's at least what the media has said, but I see Corey shaking his head as far as a, a different opinion. Let, let me hear it. Well, as I said, I mean, like, there's a theme at the end of this first round, right? Greg Rousseau, Joe Tryon, Odafe Owe, like all these guys that are like high upside pass rushers who opted out of last season. He has 14 career starts. Now, like I said, they don't have a whole lot of needs, right? They won the Super Bowl for a reason. So do I get why they took Joe Tryon? Sure. I get why they took Joe Tryon. You're hoping that, like you said, he's your next great pass rusher, but he's very tiny, like weight-wise. Now, can he put on weight in the NFL? Sure. You have a world-class weight room now, and maybe they get him to bulk up a little bit. But otherwise, it was a little early for me to take Joe Tryon, but it's not, like, outrageous. Thoughts on uh, Kyle Trask as their uh, second-round pick to, uh, again, do you see him as the – the backup to uh, huh. uh, to Tom Brady, a uh, solid, again, let's put it this way. Again, people tend to forget uh, you don't want just a – you're not just drafting a quarterback to start. That's obviously the goal. But the NFL, you need good backup quarterbacks that don't have quite the same ceiling, but a good backup quarterback can make $10 million in a year. Uh, the the very best ones get – Chase Daniel. There you go. So uh, is that something that Kyle Trask can be – underneath uh, Tom Brady, or what's the head-scratcher here? Yeah, I don't get the Kyle Trask pick either. Kyle Trask is good, I guess. He looks like 6'5". Like, he looks like an NFL quarterback. His arm is eh, so, sort of so-so. It's saved by the fact that Kyle Pitts is amazing, and Kadarius Tony's pretty good. So they have two first-round picks. Who you don't have to throw down the field to. Yeah. You can do short, intermediate exactly. stuff, and they, they're the ones that make you look good and put add the, pad the stats. He, he needs to learn, right? Bruce Arians is a good coach. He can coach him up. Do I think that we'll ever see Kyle Trask as a everyday's NFL starter? No. No, I don't. I'm not sure that beyond the first five picks in this draft, there is another quarterback who will ever really turn into a starter. Between Kyle Trask, Kellamon, we're going to talk Davis Mills in a second here, I'm sure. So um, it's a strange pick. It's not the worst pick. They've also made a pick later on that round. They took Robert Hainsey. That's one my favorite pick on their, on the their uh, of their draft. Uh, what I like about Robert Hansey coming from the Senior Bowl, uh, here's someone who can versatility up and down the line. He can play all five spots. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins moved him in uh, with Brian Flores coaching uh, that team. They put him at center, uh, and they overall liked what they uh, they saw within it. So here's someone who, when, when someone goes down again, you need someone who can plug and play anywhere when, when an injury happens. I think overall for keeping a Tom Brady upright, I like that pick. Uh, Hansey stat you hear the most is 863 snaps at Notre Dame. Not one penalty in his career. Never got called for penalty. My favorite pick that they'll make, they made, though, is later on they took Jalen Darden. It's a better version of Tutu Atwell, who we're going to talk about in a little bit here. It's probably the worst pick in this draft, but very small, 5'7", 174 pounds. But every time he touches a ball, there's literally a chance he's going to house this. He has 19 touchdowns on only 74 spe- catches last year. 19 on 74 catches. He could be immediate special teams, like immediate punt returner, and – he could be a slot option. We've seen Tom Brady have a lot of success with small slot options. This is definitely a Tom Brady receiver. I very much agree with that. Okay, let's do some of these guys who didn't have a first round pick. Let's do it. Let's start with the Houston disaster. I mean the football. I mean the Texans. The Houston Texans did not have a first round pick. They have can a we, big can problem. Can you call them the massage parlors? Sure. Is that, is that the, you can call them whoever you want to call them. Too soon? Too, too soon. soon. Okay. We're gonna go with okay, so they started off with Davis Mills. It is such a weird pick. So I don't know if Deshaun Watson will ever play for them again. It probably won't happen. I don't know where Deshaun Watson will play, but it probably won't be in Houston. Is that is that a fair I, assessment? 
I think he's back with them next year. I don't see any way that unless the full-on everything comes out where then he's suspended for the year or whatever else is going on, he's not going anywhere else. No one is touching that until this is done. Uh, so to me, he has to at least keep up his uh, his ability for the, the next team. Uh, but could you see him sitting out saying, I don't care what happens, I'm not playing for them? Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. a possibility. So Davis Mills was our first pick in the third round. We heard back end of the first round talk for Davis Mills, but I'll say this. If he has to play early on, he is going to get just destroyed. Um, you watch Davis Mills at Stanford. You can see the tools. You see the big frame like Kyle Trask has, but 13 starts over like the last four years is not enough, and Houston is going to be a really bad team other than Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson's there, they can probably win five, six games just because he's amazing. But otherwise, this is probably one of the worst teams in the league. After that, they took Nico Collins, who I have down as my favorite pick. Uh, and a lot of these Michigan guys, you're going to hear like a lot of projectability, but they had such a bad team that they kind of fall. And he's a Michigan wide receiver. I like the skills, but that said, it's a lot of investment on a roster where it's probably not going to compete in a while. This is probably the most likely team to pick first next year, so they'll get him a, receiver, a quarterback, hopefully. It took Brevin Jordan. At least Jordan. they have that pick now. That's right. They do Miami get a pick. no longer owns them. They, they do get a pick. Congratulations. You will get to take <laughs> Sam Howell probably. Um, it, it's a weird team. They have a lot of holes to fill. I'm not really sure if they did it. Brevin Jordan's a good receiving tight end. I actually thought he could go on day two. Yeah. Let's talk uh, Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they traded their uh, first round uh, pick uh, for Orlando Brown. We mentioned that here overall. Uh Here's, here's how I look at it for, for Kansas City as, as we pull up their overall draft. What I like what they did was they uh, they have revamped their entire offensive line. Uh, and I, I love the the line that they have put together. Uh, so they I'm trying to remember from free agency, they made a big move uh, for a, a guard, if I'm not remembering that. You, you got Orlando Brown in trade. You made a move for, for a guard as, as we pull that up. Uh, you then go and, and draft uh, uh, Creed Humphrey. Uh, at 63 overall, uh, I always liked him as as a center. He was kind of the finishing piece. They brought in Joe Thune, Kyle Long, and Austin Blythe. So th- they upgraded and and free agency there. They did the trade. They added the 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 center for it. That's how you when you have a problem that you're wanting to fix an overhaul. That's how you do it. Oakland or Las Vegas Raiders take note. <laughs> Man, you're keeping it in the division there too. So Kansas City's official draft is their first pick is Nick Bolton. You mentioned that you love Nick Bolton, I believe, and I like Nick Bolton. They took Willie Gay last season, so it really wasn't a need. And did you see how Tom Brady carved him up in the secondary? Like, it should have been a secondary player, if nothing else, I thought. But I don't mind the Nick Bolton pick on talent. And then you mentioned Creed Humphrey. He's great at center. Joshua Kando is a defensive end. Noah Gray is a tight end. Cornell Powell is a wide receiver. Very good wide receiver at Clemson. I thought that was a little late for him. And then this is my favorite pick. It's Trey Smith. So that's a guard out of Tennessee. Like on talent alone, he's an easy day two pick. Like, easy day two. He's Agreed. All the versatility in the world, he's done so with Tennessee at a very high level. He has a blood clot issue, which is what caused him to slide. In 2018, he had blood clots in his lungs. There are rumors that some teams completely took him off their board. But on talent alone, if you get the blood clots figured out, and I have not a doctor, I don't know how you do that, he could have he could be really good right away. And that's one sixth, seventh round. You roll the dice on something like that. You roll the dice on talent and see what what happens there. So I agree. I like that pick overall. I for having less picks. I think they did a, a solid job. There's things they could have done better, uh, but they definitely helped themselves for a team that is ready to win now. And with the number one goal of keeping Patrick Mahomes upright, I think they've done a very good job with that. Okay, let's get to my least favorite draft, can we? Yeah, the Los Angeles Rams. So round two, they took two two Atwell. 
Remember, they don't have a round one pick. That's Jalen Ramsey, I think, right? Okay. Got it. So round two is 2-2 Atwell. Then Ernest Jones, Bobby Brown, the third, Robert Rochelle, Jacob Harris, Ernest Brown, the fourth, Jake Funk, Ben Skoranek, and Chris Garrett. You know what need this team doesn't have with Robert Woods and uh, Cooper Cup and then signing Deshaun Jackson and, oh, yeah, drafting Van Jefferson last year? Wide receiver. So they took 2-2 Atwell in the second round, who – on one of our shows, I said, this dude weighs 150, 150 pounds. pounds. Wet. He is 150 pounds. You are hoping that Tutu Atwell at 5'9", 147 pounds is Deshaun Jackson, who you just signed. <laughs> you just signed it. It is so mind-bogglingly bad to me. Here's, we, we talked about it before we got started. I, what I, the best thing I like about the, uh, the Rams draft is they at least know what their weakness is this is why they keep trading their picks. If you're going to be terrible at drafting, trade them for veterans that are already uh, pro-ready, that are already Pro Bowl talents, all pro, etc. That's the only way that their draft has helped them. They have not had a good draft in, in years. Uh, and again, if that's the case, keep, those first-round picks are worthless to you in drafting. Keep getting teams that like to take up those picks. Trade them for veterans that, act, that can actually help you. So they take 2-2 Atwell, wide receiver. Then, I said, they already have four good ones. They took two more. <laughs> they took Jacob Harris and Ben Skronik. Like, what are you doing? You took three more receivers. So, Tutu Atwell is the worst pick. Like, I don't get it at all. Their best pick I'll give to Robert Rochelle, although I have every pick that they made announced two for two four is a reach by at least one round, if not two or three. Like, they drafted him too early. Most of these picks don't make any sense. Rochelle is at least the closest to value. He's got the tools to play corner at the next level. But if you watch, he's just okay at Central Arkansas. He's just okay. And if you're at Central Arkansas, you better be dominating. Like, you watch Quinn Miners at Whitewater, he's dominant. Like, he's throwing dudes around like there's cordwood out there. And Robert Rochelle is fine, but, like, he got lit up by Trey Lance in the one game that Trey Lance played this year. Like, they lit Central Arkansas up. So, (laughs) I don't know if there is a good player out of this draft on the entire Rams team. I am curious to see uh, Tutu Atwell with Sean McVay. I guess the fit I'm intrigued to see is it wasn't a, a need by any means, uh, but I'm in, I'm curious to see if anyone can can use him in a different way. Maybe that is Sean McVay. I'm, I, I just said, don't I just know what he can it. do. What what can he can he get open deep? He's so small. Well, let's put it this way: I've I've watched Jakeem Krant for a number of years now with Miami. And they didn't draft him though. And, Sixth round. Okay, sixth round. My bad. You take two to Atwell in the sixth six round, versus, fine. versus second. I very much, I, I agree with that as far as the placement uh, in it. Jakeem Grant, despite his size, tough. Now, when he gets hit, he bounces like a ping-pong ball, uh, but and he just doesn't have the hands. He's a, still an excellent returner. Usually has at least one special teams touchdown a year. He's averaged that for his last four or five years in the NFL, uh, but everything else, not so much. Maybe he can, uh, Tutu Atwell can do that. And time time will tell within it. Uh, let's get to the, the team that only had three picks overall uh, in the entire draft. And when that's the case, you need to at least hit on one of them. And I do like their second-round second, uh, second round pick, the Seattle Seahawks, drafting Dwayne Eskridge in the second round. I like that fit with Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I do too. I think Dwayne Eskridge can be very good. But when you only have three picks... Luxury picks can be a bit tough to make. And, like, True. you have DK Metcalf, who I think finished 15th, I heard today, in the yeah, run in the Olympics qualifier. So good good for you, TK. You're amazing. And you have Tyler Lockett, who you're paying a lot of money to. So you have three picks. You have a lot of needs. If you've seen the Seattle Seahawks play the last few years, their offensive line is really bad. Like, really bad. And they didn't draft any of them. Oh, sorry. They drafted one in the sixth round. But 
Dwayne Eskridge could be a great slot receiver for you, but it's not a need. As you said, you've only got three picks. You took Dwayne Eskridge, Trey Brown, and Stone Forsythe. So Forsythe's a offensive tackle out of Florida. Very big, like physical tools there. Not very polished. You could have had an offensive lineman in the second round to help out Russell Wilson. Did you get him another receiver? Yeah. You're trying for the, uh, sorry, which team did I mention earlier? The Giants thing, right? Where you have receivers galore, but you don't have any offensive line play. So, yeah, I like the Dwayne Raskers pick. I think he's a good player. You probably should have drafted an offensive lineman. Just saying. I I absolutely agree with that. And that's another one that's going to be interesting to see. You better be right because uh, that situation is headed for a divorce in another year. Uh, so if you want to, if he's not kept upright, I think Russell Wilson demands a trade in 12 months. Do you want to hear some names for 2022's NFL draft? Before we dive in, I mean, the last part is as we wrap up here, what I'd like to know is, and we've kind of said it as we've covered through here, but just one last time, who are the teams that you just absolutely love what they did? They nailed the, they nailed the picks. Panthers and Browns. Carolina Panthers. I like all the picks. I think that they got a lot better. I said, JC Horn is a perfect fit for what they needed. And, the Browns are building a young. I said you you have a you're building a great young secondary, and you find a way to play Jeremiah with some more Koromoa, and you have a great defense. And then you have Miles Garrett, and if if you don't get open right away against them, and you have to hold the ball, guess what? Miles Garrett's getting a lot of sacks against you. I'll add one more team, just because I believe overall a team that matched their philosophy and nailed. Uh, Nailed that philosophy. I'll give the Detroit Lions a little bit of a love here. It's not going to necessarily improve their record overall within it, but building the trenches, I do believe they will have a top five offensive line this year. Their defensive lines got a little nastier too. Uh, and, and so, again, you're not going to be abused. Uh, the things where you see guys that look like laughing stocks, it's usually when the line is so terrible that these guys are flying around there and either huge holes for running backs or for uh, for quarterbacks getting killed. They're going to be respectable on the line, and that's going to keep them overall respectable. The Washington football team has uh, built that over the last couple of years. They've become a solid team because of their lines. Uh, so, again, I, I like to see that that overall. Let's talk, though, at, at 2022. Who are some names uh, just to keep in the, the back burner? So it's another year where you're going to have a lot of quarterbacks. There's a lot of very good quarterbacks. There's no Trevor Lawrence, like, unbelievable quarterback prospect, but Keaton Slovis is at USC, very good quarterback. Uh, Sam Howell at North Carolina, probably right now, or Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma, the top two. Malik Willis is at Liberty. So Liberty, this is like this year's Trey Lance. Malik Willis is a otherworldly athlete. He was at Miami and he transferred to Liberty and great player. You'll see him a lot. And JT Daniels is a quarterback who transferred from USC to Georgia. Those are the quarterbacks I got down. I have a few running backs. There's a like the best two running backs in the country could both be at Texas A&M. Isaiah Spiller and Anaya Smith. It's kind of like a true thunder and lightning. Like if you've seen Anaya Smith, I think there was the bowl game. I think he had eight touches and he had like 140 yards rushing. Like he is so fast. Brees Hall is probably one of the more likely ones to win the Heisman. He's at Iowa State. He's going to actually they have a great quarterback too, but in Brock Purdy. So Iowa State should be good. And Eric Gray is transferring from Tennessee to Oklahoma. Oklahoma kicks out running backs like none other because they have such a great scheme. And I said Spencer Rattler is their quarterback, so they're going to have yet another great offense. Wide receiver, it's going to be another really good receiver class. Themes here, right? Like offense over defense at this point in college football, which means the same thing happens in the NFL. So John Meachie, guess what? Alabama has another first-round receiver. George Pickens is a Georgia guy. Justin Ross was Trevor Lawrence's like star receiver for two years, and then he had – I think it's a neck injury or like a back fusion surgery like what Peyton Manning had. But if he's healed up, he could be right back to where he was as a first-round player. And then I have David Bell, who's a Purdue receiver. 
Like Rondale Moore gets all the hype, but Rondale Moore's been basically hurt the last two seasons uh, because he's just very small, and David Bell has taken over at Purdue and been their alpha receiver. There is no Kyle Pitts. There may never be another Kyle Pitts-level prospect at tight end, but there is a chance that Jalen Weidermeyer from Texas A&M, another Texas A&M player, could get picked in the first round at tight end. So how good is Texas A&M at this point? They're going to be very should, good. Uh, I'm assuming ranked and all that oh, good stuff. Ooh, I should you should pull up and see where they're if they have any rankings out. I don't have. I don't know. I'm sure Alabama's up there, but yeah, Texas A&M is going to be a top five team. Uh, I only have a few defensive guys. I didn't go. I skipped offensive line. There are some very good ones. Alabama has Evan Neal. Are, are there any? Uh, this draft lacked the uh, the Miles Garrett type. Are there any oh, big yeah. defensive ends that are like top five overall pick franchise defensive player? Kayvon Thibodeau is a pass rusher from Oregon. This is the guy I said Elijah Vera Tucker did a very good job on, but Kayvon Thibodeau is your Miles Garrett, your Chase Young, your Nick Bosa, your Joey Bosa. He should go in the top five. He is that type of player as far as Oregon is concerned. Actually, Purdue has another one too, George Karloftis. Not quite that good, but he's more of like the mid, the Aziz Ojolari type. At corner, there's a there is a top Patrick Peterson corner. It is another LSU guy. That's why I compare him to Patrick Peterson. It's Derek Stingley Jr. Uh, lockdown corner. He probably could have been the first corner picked the last couple of years. He's that level of cornerback prospect. And then we haven't seen a first round safety this year. We saw a couple second round safeties, but Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame is a first round safety prospect. He he could be top 10. So the uh, ESPN does their own uh, power rankings, post spring power rankings that they have there. Texas A&M is ranked seventh. So who's ahead of them? Can I hear it? So the ranked ahead of them at number six is the Iowa state. Yep. I said Brock Purdy and Brees Hall. Uh, and then at number five, Ohio State. Hey, what do you know? They're good. And number four, Clemson. Clemson. So Trevor Lawrence is gone. They're replacing him with the not with a guy that's not eligible this year, but next year in DJ Ugalalele. And then you have uh, Georgia Bulldogs at number three. That's JT Daniels. Yep. And Roll Tide number two. Darn right, at a boy. And then number one, Oklahoma. So I said Oklahoma has Spencer Rattler and Eric Gray, who are probably. The best, like Spencer Rattler is probably the early favorite to be the number one pick next year. Eric Gray, they just transferred in a great running back prospect, and they always, like, they have a ton of offensive talent always there. Well, here's our NFL draft coverage for uh, wrapping up the, the 2021 NFL draft, as well as uh, looking at some of the key uh, key names to keep in mind for college football next year and a, a sneak peek at power rankings in the uh, post-spring time. So uh, we'll look forward to uh, NFL draft coverage next year, and hopefully uh, the players that, at, that were added to your team hopefully add to a successful NFL season. Figure stuff out, Aaron Rodgers. Welcome back to the 1983 National Football League draft. And with the first round pick, John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Dan Marino, Rudolph. NFL draft. And with the first round pick, Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would ask for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL draft. Good young players. The draft's all about. Here in and you're out. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Aaron Rodgers. Welcome back to the NFL Draft. I've never seen anything like this.